talk about it at the water cooler, and that's what we all strive for every day. Uh, you know, uh, I, I know Tanner can relate to this. You go uh, try to get people to talk about your radio station after 10 o'clock in the morning. Hey, Rosita, I have to go shopping downtown for my mother. She needs some tortillas and chili peppers. What happened to that tape? Did you hear that? It's unbelievable. It's self-destructing at the beginning of the show. That could be a real omen, folks. That could be a real omen. It does sound a lot better that way. Adds a little bit of flavor to it, like a little salsa to the sound of that tape. Anyway, it's a 10.07 or 8 or whatever it is here at WINZ. I'm Neil Rogers, and every day we go through this incredible exercise, this uh, great trauma from 10 to 2, and then Stan Major comes along and kind of cleans up the mess from 2 to 6, or makes his own mess, I guess is the way you'd put it. And, uh, well, the ratings are going to be out sometime in this next hour, right? Boy, that's exciting. Everybody in the building is kind of sitting on eggs. In fact, there are a couple of people in the building laying some eggs right now, even as we speak. And our new slogan here at WINZ this week is Mess with Success. You remember Dress for Success? Well, we have a new one. It's called Mess with Success. But uh, we won't get into that until the book comes out. Okay, now, speaking of books, I have the New York Times Magazine in my hand. And now that it's Tuesday, we had Fred Schatz here yesterday, and I think we had a pretty good show, especially since we didn't take any calls. And I think Fred gave out a lot of good information. Unfortunately, I'm not all that convinced that most people are going to pay any attention. But even if a few of them do, and they can benefit from it, then it's worthwhile. But uh, on this show, uh, unlike all the other shows in town, we haven't really had a chance to talk about this outrageous. I heard a woman calling up Stan yesterday. I'd like to beat her with a stick. She was going on about how everybody ought to write a letter to the New York Times and write letters to their advertisers and, uh, you know, really let them have it. Let them have it for what? For telling the truth in kind of a milked-over way? I mean, this article is so much ado about nothing, and the only reason I'm bringing it up is because uh, I want to make that point again. Can Miami Save Itself, a City Beset by Drugs and Violence by Robert Sherrill? And if you read the article, as I did on Sunday morning, you find out that it's, uh, it's number one, 99% accurate. And number two, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. It basically is true. It's a pretty accurate reflection of the way this town has been turned into a cesspool. And if there's anybody in this audience, whether they're one of the, um, you know, Chamber of Commerce types, the Beacon Council, or the uh, non-group, or any of these other uh, self-appointed mavens uh, who wants to refute it, man, you ought to be ashamed of yourselves. And instead of constantly refuting it, why don't these people come up with some answers? And the bottom line, of course, is that none of them have any answers. They have nothing positive to contribute to this community. Now, when it comes to chasing away the kids in Fort Lauderdale on spring break, politicians in Fort Lauderdale and in Broward County did a magnificent job on that. <clears throat> when it comes to dividing the community and constantly uh, doing the ethnic thing and getting all the ethnic tensions built up over and over again, people like George Valdez and others have a tremendous ability to do that and to keep the fires burning. And when it comes to a total inability to uh, prosecute major drug dealers and certainly the Dade State Attorney, who remains, by the way, incredibly popular. Everybody loves Janet Reno. She never got anybody convicted, you know, unless maybe they were a pickpocket. But everybody loves Janet Reno. And then, of course, we have that uh, cowboy of a uh, police chief in the city of Miami, Clarence Dixon. And in a city that's overrun with cocaine cowboys, I guess it's appropriate that we have a cowboy. 
as the chief of police in the city of Miami, a Neanderthal, who, by the way, is very thin-skinned. He is not only dark-skinned, he is thin-skinned. Because, and I'm sure that today, somewhere in, in this building, there will be a phone call from his office. Oh, we want a tape of what did he say about Chief Dixon? Nothing that I haven't said before, that he uh, is a cowboy and that he's a Neanderthal and uh, a total disaster. The uh, city of Miami and Dade County in general is so overrun by drugs as to be just unbelievable. I mean, it's everywhere. These barbarians, these animals, these subhumans are out there peddling not just crack, but every kind. It's like a supermarket everywhere. And we're supposed to be upset? I mean, even a, even a moron like Charlie Whitehead could see through this in the Herald. On Saturday. And Mike Spindell was kind enough in his own uh, juvenile way. Mike was kind enough to leave me the uh, Whitehead column because I don't get the Herald. I know that's hard for some of you to believe. I don't get the Herald. I get the New York Times and the Sun Sentinel. Why I get the Sun Sentinel, I have no idea because it's not a real newspaper. A lot of ads in it. If you like to read the ads, man, the Sun Sentinel's for you. It's kind of interesting. The Sun Sentinel continuing to pander to Palm Beach County. It's really like a Palm Beach newspaper. And like maybe if you live in the, in the um, northernmost two or three miles of Broward, you might find something that relates to you in your life. But, for example, all of this business about the New York Times, if there is anything or has been anything about uh, this whole business in the Sun Sentinel, then it's been very well buried. And I just don't go through it all that much because there's nothing to read in it except ads. Here comes our first message of the morning. They have a new building beside I-95 in Del Rey. Who, the Sun Sentinel? Oh, sure. Pretty soon they'll be in Jacksonville. I mean, the Sun Sentinel is doing very well, but they could do so much better if they would put something in the paper that related to most of us who live in Broward County and to those, you know, two million people who live in Dade County. But they just don't want to do that. They, For some morbid reason, they continue to want to be a uh, primarily Palm Beach County Northern Broward newspaper in that order. And, of course, this article brings up all the business again about bilingualism, and I hear all these discussions on the radio shows again, the same stuff we've heard over and over and over again, and you folks can continue beating that into the ground from now till the end of time. And I'm telling you, it's not going to change, because you have this segment of people here who are rude and arrogant and obnoxious and who think that they've taken the thing over. And, you know, in some cases, there are those of us who believe that they have certain parts of the area. And they don't give a damn about, you know, they're not going to hire people who aren't their own people and they don't want to talk to people who don't want to speak their language. And that's it. Period. It's not debatable. It is rude and obnoxious and disgusting. And you cannot legislate civility. You can't pass a law that says that people have to be civil to each other. Could pass all the laws in the world. That one doctor out there who's made himself a real chronic regular caller, the one who always happens to mention that he would love to send whichever host he's talking to his uh, English-only uh, petitions or whatever they call that new campaign. What a pain in the ass he is, isn't he? Unbelievable. Is there anybody who learned anything? I don't know why I'm asking that question, because obviously uh, the, you know, Joe's sold 350 copies, which is all they had. All of the copies sold out. 
and there are probably a relative handful of people in South Florida who subscribe to the Times like I do. So, you know, when you come right down to it, how many people potentially have even read this thing? It's interesting to me that everybody and his brother, it's like noses, everybody's got one. And that's how opinions are. Everybody's got an opinion on this, but most everybody hasn't read it. Just like Sergio Pereira, who had an immediate opinion on it before he even read it. And on all the shows, even on this one, we were referring to it because it became a big uh, cause celeb. And isn't it amazing how former Mayor Foray is making all of these very frank comments in this article, which he never would have made while he was still the mayor? I'm not going to even bother to take the time to quote from them, but there are certainly things that he never would have said when he was the mayor. When he was mayor, he was busy saying brilliant things like, well, the economy around the rest of the country is really in desperate straits, but in Miami, we don't worry about that because we've got all of the money in our banks. Uh, ha, 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 like big joke. You know, people are dying from drugs on the streets and people are blowing each other away and people are fleeing like crazy from all of this, but ha, 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 all our banks are full of drug money. See, it's people like Maurice Ferre, it's Neanderthals, morons like that who have helped us to get to the point that we're at today. And now, when something like this comes out, these same morons all raise their arms in dismay, and the Beacon Council and the Chamber of Commerce and all these other uh, leaders, self-appointed leaders, we're going to do something about this, man. We're going to write a letter to the editor, damn it, of the damn New York Times. How do you like that? Put that in your pipe. Put that in your bong and smoke it. Put that in your beer can and smoke it. And then, of course, the pictures in here, and everybody makes a big deal. See, the Herald manipulates the public. Even even to this day, they still manipulate a good segment of the public. And the Herald, as Mike pointed out very accurately the other day, uh, the Herald has uh, errors in pictures all the time. There's hardly a day that goes by that you won't find a little retraction or correction somewhere in the newspaper about the wrong name on a picture or something that was a mistake. And I grant you, this is a big picture. But nonetheless, uh, who cares about that? Is that why people really bought the magazine, to see that there was a picture in here that was only staged and it wasn't for real? What difference does it make? I mean, it's still part of the reality of what this town is all about. And this town is going to hell in a handbasket. And you, you drive around different sections of town, and basically all we have left now are like the Kendall. And Kendall's not so great either anymore, trust me. Kendall is a crime-ridden, uh, Spanish-speaking town, basically, which is why I moved out of there years ago. I can't believe it. If you could see what I'm looking at right now, we have the Zeta Sink. I cannot believe that with a little hole in the bottom. Well, I tell you, you better get that thing ready. I'm talking about the hole in the bottom. You better get that thing ready. I think that portable, that could be used as a porta john. And it's got its own little sink to kind of wash all the evil away. Zeta 94.9 on the sink. Isn't that great? Where's that going to go? Okay, I'm going to restrain myself because I got some ideas where it could go, but that's another story for another day. Excuse me for the distraction, but I was so overwhelmed by that. That is cute. Now, see, here on the AM, we don't have that. We don't have sinks with our insignia. We don't have any of the good stuff on the AM. We've got all the numbers, and we got most of the revenue, but we don't, listen, we're like the peons. We're like the lost children. We're still waiting for Moses to come and lead us out of the desert, out of the bowels of the building. But anyway, I'm sure that there are lots of people in this audience. I'm just positive of it. There are lots of people who have got 
all kinds of things to say about the New York Times article and all the reaction to it, even though most of you haven't read it. That's okay. Don't let that stand in your way, okay? Never. It's just like Admiral Poindexter. Don't ever let the truth stand in your way. I mean, if your memory gets bad, hey, we understand. That seems to be very popular in Washington in the last, what, 15, 20 years. People have bad memories. As we get older, our memories start to fade. We can't remember what we shredded yesterday, much less today, and certainly much less six months a year ago. You think we're going to get response on the New York Times article? You're withholding judgment. Okay. Hey, listen, you're going to be surprised. Because everybody wants to say all those same things all over again that they've been saying for the last uh, six, seven years now. We ought, if they come to America, they ought to speak English. And when they come to my country, they should... You know, and I don't disagree with that, you know? I don't disagree with it. And I said the other day, and it's amazing that nobody commented on it. I guess maybe it was a blessing that nobody commented on it. But all of this crap about how if the Cubans hadn't come here in the early 60s, Miami would be nothing. That's a lot of garbage. Miami would have evolved like most other like a lot of other American cities. Miami might be like Houston, or like Atlanta, or a lot of other southern American cities, or maybe even like San Diego with a better climate. But Sergio Pereira, you're right, better stop discriminating against Cubans. He better hire a lot more Hispanics in Dade County. Did you see that in the Herald the other day? We're not hiring enough Hispanics. Big headline on the local section. Now, and, of course, who are they kidding over there? I mean, they're so desperate. They're running around. They're just going through the phone book, finding Hispanic surnames and calling those people up. Begging them to subscribe. Even if it's only for a week, just to goose up the circulation numbers. Okay, let's give our numbers out and see if we can't uh, just kill a little bit of time here today. How do you like that? That moron, George Valdez, is going to bring that crap up again today at the Metro Commission meeting. Look at the response on the phone here today. How's this good? I told you I felt it the minute I sat down here. Now, in about 30 seconds, what I'm really going to do is pick up the magazine and rip up the New York Times magazine, okay, and throw it in the wastebasket and assume that there is nobody in the audience who has anything to say about it, which is fine with me. I'll just go home. I'm ready to go home. No problem. Because if I sit here long enough, I might say what I originally intended to come in here and say this morning anyway. Which you would have really enjoyed. Mess with success. I'm going to give the numbers one more time. And if we don't really see anything going on here today, uh, I'm just going to take the day off. I can be out there. Doesn't Flagler have a matinee on Tuesday? Sure they do. I can be out at Flagler by 12.30. No problem at all. I can stop, have a good breakfast beforehand, go to Flagler, plunge my brains out. I see Kyle screaming into the phone, just shouting and yelling and carrying on like uh, a banshee. But that's this market, man. That's what this town is all about. That's another thing that he doesn't... First of all, the article really doesn't say anything about the market as a whole. That's with a W. Said nothing about it as a whole. It's like, I mentioned this the other day, it's like Miami is the whole area and like all the rest of us are non-existent. And of course, sometimes you feel that way. But it doesn't give you anything of the flavor 
of how antisocial it is here. The people aren't friendly. They're not outgoing. They don't want to talk to each other. They don't want to talk to you when you're on the air. And after 11 and a half years, it gets old to come in every day. Uh, I ought to be able to come in here and sit down and say, hi, how you doing? And every line on the board should light up, not because it's me, but just because that's the way it should be. That's the way it is in a lot of places. But the people here are just hard to get to, man. They're just hard to reach. Like I've said so many times before, this is a tough town, a real tough town. And I don't know why we're waiting for those ratings to come out anyway, because you could have an 80 share here. I've told you this before. It means nothing. Zero. Nada. Nothing. And I spent almost an hour this morning telling our management that. It doesn't mean anything. Nothing. Zero. We could have... How do you like this? We could have a 100 share. In other words, every person who has a radio and is listening to it in this area could be listening to this show, and it wouldn't mean anything. Tell them to bring back that Zeta sink, would you please? I'm going to jump in the sink and just, you know, wash myself down the hole. That's it. Lauderhill, hello. Hello, Neil. Uh, I'll, I'll waste some time with you. I read most of the article that was in the New York Times on Sunday, but I read it in the Sun Sentinel. They reprinted it in most part with permission from the New York Times. Wasn't that nice? You mean there was really something to read in the Sun Sentinel for a change? Of course, uh, you know, it's easy to reprint something, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is, but it was in the Sun Sentinel, and you see, I couldn't get the New York Times because my newsstand had, had it sold out by 8 o'clock in the morning, and I got there at 8.30. Um, but I think Miami or the, the city fathers in Dade and Miami overreacted. I have read articles knocking New York City and telling it like it is about that and Los Angeles and San Francisco. And this was no great stuff. This was telling the truth. And, and these guys are going, they're, they're crying. This, oh, my God, we can't do this anymore. I want, I want to tell you something. This article was a superficial piece of garbage. It was such an understatement of what's going on here that if, if anything... Cheryl ought to be criticized not for knocking, but for really, he bent over backward. When, when that woman called Stan yesterday and said that he didn't mention anything that was positive, she obviously didn't even read the article, because he went on and on and on about, uh, you know, the, the new basketball team and the new symphony, which is in the works, and uh, this and that. And then the last part of the article, which I'm going to turn to, uh, the last several paragraphs, he keeps quoting all of these different self-proclaimed, like Mitch Maydeek over at FIU, who also, I wonder if ever, he's ever going to learn to speak English. Uh, uh, he goes on about the growing Nicaraguan community and all the new entrepreneurs and uh, about the the uh, business community is going to develop such and such a way. And the University of Miami raised all of this money. You know, so so really, when you you read the whole thing and on, on balance, it is so positive compared to what the reality of the community is that it's almost like a blue sky. I read the old article at Paradise Lost in Time magazine when it first came out. I guess it was about forty five years ago. Uh, no, 1981, I guess. Six years ago. Yeah. And that was a lot more negative than this article. And, and it was also accurate. It was There was no. nothing in that article that was inaccurate. No, there wasn't any. But that was Time Magazine, and it had time to study and, and do uh, a good investigative reporting job. The newspaper, Cheryl, used to be down here. He lives, what, at up in Tallahassee. And he's doing something from long distance. And the people down here in Miami didn't read the paper. They just listened to Pereira and and Suarez or whatever the heck his name is 
all of these people complaining about what the Times article had said and not listening to or not reading and forming their own opinions on it. These these people, I, I don't think there's any hope left for any of these people down here in South Florida because they, they're just walking dead, and, and, it, and it upsets me. And I can see it happening in Broward County now, too. I, it, it's already died in... in Dade, and now it's filtering up to Broward with their kicking out the kids during spring break, spring break, which was the only thing that kept the hotels going. The diplomat is going belly up. Uh, the Vahia Mar on the beach is offering $43 a night and stay six night and gets one free because they can't get anybody to come down here anymore. People are afraid to. There's nothing to do. They're upset. And and this article really didn't say much about that at all, how, how most of South Florida now is just falling into the ocean. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Almost, it's almost like I invited a call from Bob Lasseter today, isn't it? 10.30 at WINZ. No, I'm not knocking a caller because, I mean, he was, uh, you know, getting it off his chest. And I invite people to do that. It's frustrating. And those people who knock me for uh, Miami bashing and knocking the area, shame on you. Boy, the way this area has deteriorated since I've come here and, and long before that it started is, is enough to make you want to cry. And if somebody has the... Well, really, I mean, the guy, you know, was commissioned to write the article. He's a freelance writer, so I'm not going to give him a tremendous amount of credit. But nonetheless, if somebody, you know, is honest and tells it like it is or even tells a little slice of what's going on here, right away, let's attack the messenger, man, because we don't like the story. We don't like the message. We have an open line in Broward, 524-9400 in Broward, home of the brain dead. Kendall, good morning. Good morning. I have a couple of things to say to you. First of all, I'm a Miami native, but that doesn't change the fact that I've seen the deterioration here. How long have you been here? I've been back just over two years. Mm -hmm. I left just after the riots. I... Uh, I had a dinner party, and one of my friends brought a bottle of wine, and another one brought a gun, and I said, well, <laughs> if that's how you feel safe, it's time to leave this town. But I wanted to say I went to Colorado because I'd heard so much about the frontier mentality and how people were warmer, and it's a bunch of superficial nonsense. It's no different. Wait a minute. You had to go to Colorado for a frontier mentality? Well, I thought I would go... We have a frontier mentality so here. different than Miami, somewhere less... Um, uh, less decadent, for lack of a better word. Yeah. I went out west, as it were, mm -hmm. and I found that 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 unity it, it, it's not it's not different anywhere else. You know, there's there's hostility there. There's uh, there's interracial problems there. There they're worried about Mexicans here. They're worried about Cubans. Um, but when I moved back, I moved from Miami to Kendall, and then I heard you saying what you said about Kendall. I almost cried. I just got here. <laughs> I thought it was going to be better here. Oh, good luck to you. Uh, but I walked into a restaurant the other day, and uh, I went up and I, I asked them in Spanish if they spoke English, because I could tell it was predominantly Spanish, and they said, nope. I had to fake it with my limited Spanish. They didn't speak any English at all. Yeah, well, Ken Kendall will be the next, you know, see, we had Miami and Hialeah and Sweetwater, and Kendall is, well, if I say will be, probably we already could include it. I mean, there are some people who speak English, but, uh, you know, when you go into the convenience stores and even some of the other establishments now, and even some of the stores in Dayland years ago, I mean, it's nothing new. Uh, you go in and they approach you in Spanish. So uh, Kendall is the next lost community. Back when... Um 
the Mayfair first opened and they were hiring, I remember seeing the ads in the paper and they would not hire unless you were bilingual. So Spanish had become a requirement even back then. Yeah, that's terrific. But, I mean, but I, I, one, one thing I want to say in our favor is that I found, um, when I first moved back here, I lived in Boca for a while. And I think that to Miami's credit, as, as horrible as it can be, the communities that don't have all the strife and all the interracial mixes are so white bread, Neil. I mean, I couldn't even find a good restaurant to eat in. I, and I'm a gourmet food addict. <laughs> so I have to say that, uh, oh, that reminds me, I was listening to you Saturday morning. And I heard somebody call and talk about a new restaurant in Coral Gables. I think it was called 276. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's over on Alhambra Circle. I don't know what I think it was called. I went in there myself. And then I was listening to you Saturday. And I must tell you that it's fabulous. Hmm. It's a fabulous new place. You have to try it. The, uh, the food is really unique. It's a tiny little place. But it's really warm, and the food is really different, and I, I just, I haven't eaten in such a nice place in a long time. Great. No, but I want to go back to what you said. I'm a little confused. I, would, I don't want to misunderstand you about uh, good restaurant. What what kind of communities did you say that where you can't find good restaurants? Boca Raton. In Boca Raton, everything is so... Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, I don't think... There, there, were, there were two nice places in Boca. There was, there was uh, La Vie Maison, and there was a, a northern Italian place, Raffaello. You had to go either up to Palm Beach or down to Fort Lauderdale. There really but, all right, let, let, no, well, let me let me make a point for you, okay? When I lived in Detroit, downtown Detroit was a sewer. It is still a sewer, even with all the renovation. It's still a sewer, but there was something to go there for. There was the London Chop House, and there were a lot of other fine. There was Carl's, and there were a lot of other fine restaurants in downtown Detroit, even Coney Island hot dog joints. I mean, there were all kinds of places to go. Now, where do you go when you go to eat in downtown Miami? Oh well, there used to be places. I'm not talking about Bay <laughs> I'm not talking about Bayside because Bayside is like you know it's like a shopping center. But I'm talking about downtown Miami. When you go there, where's the where are the fine eating establishments? <sighs> I don't know anymore because I've just gotten back, and the few that I asked my friends about that used to be there, like Tulio and Andres, and those little places that were hidden away, are gone. Yeah, it, they, you know they couldn't stand it anymore. Even, um, what's his name, the northern Italian guy, um, Ramundo, he moved. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess you're right on that count, but it's just, it's, it's an aura that I was really, it's the attitude. Um, maybe it's because I grew up in Miami and I'm used to the ethnic mix and I like a little bit of, of, of the differences that lend. There's a difference between an ethnic mix and feeling alienated and being in a foreign country. Absolutely. And Miami is not is not a cultural mix. It is a foreign country. Period. I can't disagree with that because I'm confused about the issue myself. I don't think that it's fair to mandate that we be bilingual. Uh, I do agree with the people that say if you're going to live in our country, you have an obligation to at least attempt to speak the language in public. I, I agree that you're that with you that it's rude. And crude and it, it's disgusting. It is vulgar. It is obnoxious. It's it's one of the most to use one's language as a weapon, as a divisive force to beat other people over the head with, to to isolate yourselves with, and to bring scorn upon yourselves, and then to turn around and say, "Ah, oh, bigot, bigot." Well, what the hell do people expect when they behave in such a way that says very clearly, "We don't want to assimilate. We don't want to be part of your damn culture. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to take over. We're going to hire our own people. We're going to have our 
own thing, and if you don't like it, you can get the hell out. And, and, if, and we, we're going to do it in your country with the benefits that your society provides. Exactly. With all the benefits you gave us, with all those cheap, uh, low-interest loans, with all the uh, help that you gave the Marielitos, with the food stamps and the welfare, off your and my tax dollars, we have people turning around and spitting in our face. And that's why there are so many people leaving uh, Dade County, and that's why there's so much divisiveness in this town. And here we, you know, we just had that promo on a few minutes ago. Here, George Valdez again today is going to bring up the attempt to repeal the anti-bilingual ordinance so we can open up all those wounds again and we can everybody fighting with each other and bring back all the old hatreds again. Isn't that just what we need? Perfect. It's perfect. But am I wrong about the New York Times article? I, I admit I didn't read it, <laughs> so I'll open myself up for that criticism. But the news did say that most of the negatives that they stated were from the riot period in the 80s. Was that... Oh, nonsense. That's a lot of baloney. What they talked about was an understatement of exactly what's going on here today. This is not... A, a rehash. This isn't something that, you know, again, as I said, it just warmed over because there's nothing new in here. But in terms of uh, what what's really going on now, it, it's it's accurate. For example, it talks about the survey that was taken uh, by Lewis Harris last uh, last spring when they asked all the CEOs all over the country to rank, rank 30 metropolitan areas in terms of desirability. Miami came in 28th out of 30. Okay, and it talks about the reasons why they felt that way about the uh, the crime and the drugs and all the other things and about housing prices and how they've declined and so on. Uh, it, it's up to date. This is not a rehash of 1981. That's just an excuse by those people who would try to say, oh, this is all ancient history. We've made a comeback. Everything's wonderful now. Right. Well, everything's great. And I'm going to say to you again, if you believe these people that everything's wonderful, you get in your automobile and go down to South point or whatever that thing is there on Miami Beach where the dog track used to be, a government cut, and you drive all the way up, all the way up Collins Avenue and up uh, Biscayne or A1A or Biscayne Boulevard, whichever you choose, Federal Highway, up Dayton Broward, and take a look around you and you'll cry. You will cry when it you see what's going on. Sad what's happening to us because the, the area, the landmass has such potential. Yeah. Well, good luck to us all, man. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. What am I getting hysterical about? Mess with success. 20 minutes before 11 at WINZ, and let's go to North Miami Beach. Hello. Hello? Yes. This is uh, Nature Boy Dino. Uh, I'd like to get a few things off my chest if I can on the air. It's nothing dirty or nothing. It's just how I feel about what's happened to my land. The reason I call it my land is I've been here for 40 years. I'm 42 years old. I was born in Brooklyn and raised in Miami and Hialeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just moved out of Hialeah. I built my own house there. I spent 25 years of my life building it. Uh, I lived 35 years there, as I said, and I've seen it change, as I've seen a lot of other things change in my land. And uh, I, I kind of disgusted about the whole thing. There's not much anybody wants to do about it except like you said, smile about how nice everything is, and it's really not. I'm an old diver, skin diver, and uh, you're talking about South Beach. I know just about every rock out there on the jetties. I've been diving there since I was about seven or eight years old. And uh, first, I want to attack the Army Corps of Engineers. They come down here and they say, oh, what you got to do is replenish the land on the beaches. And the hotel owners who has all the money says, yeah, fine, it's a good idea, you know, we'll buy it. 
But the people didn't say, have a chance to say anything about it because the people just don't know. They weren't, how many people living here are divers, know anything about what's underneath the water? So the Army Corps of Engineers come here with their big pipes, and they uh, suck up all the dirt and rock, sure. pump it up on sure. the beach. You I'm know, sorry, for, the, for the benefit of the audience, I understand the point you're trying to make, but you're going to put the audience into a coma. Oh, you know? yeah, my wife tells me I put my kids to sleep all the time. Exactly. Okay, and, and, you know, the up. point is a valid one, but, you know, that that isn't really... That's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Exactly. Uh, I'd like to talk about the train and jails. I think if we got rid of the jails and build barracks out there, instead of building barracks on the school grounds and putting the children in little uh, barracks, and we build barracks out in the Everglades, and we put all these guys that are selling drugs in jail without air conditioning and color TV. I think they'll think twice about going to jail. Hasta luego. Okay, let's go to Miami Beach. Hello. Hello, Neil. Hi. Neil, can, I know this is going to waste a little time, but you might as well you can do it since that's probably part of the purpose. I have not read the article of the New York Times because I can't find it yet. Uh, I want, do you have a copy of it? Right in my hand, yeah. What about if you read it? The whole thing? Not the whole. Oh, no. It goes on for like seven or eight pages. Stand that, but uh, that way, you know, I don't want to make a comment without knowing what, you know, is in the article. It's obvious no. that I'm not going to make a comment. I've already said the essence of the article is it says, Can Miami save itself? A city beset by drugs and violence. And it talks about the fact that most corporations don't want to come here because of the image of the community. And about the fact that we have uh, uh, housing costs in Dade County have gone way down uh, since 1982 in the last five years. And about, uh, you know, the ethnic tensions that exist here and about the uh, right-wing mentality of the uh, big segment of the Cuban population, which has alienated the rest of the population, and the fact that this ought to be the most liberal, uh, Dade used to be the most liberal county in the state of Florida. Now, of course, it's become a right-wing county. Uh, you know, it, it, basically, it's it's just an understatement of the truth about what this town has become. That's all. It, you know, it doesn't require taking an hour and a half or two hours to sit and read the whole thing on the air. It just it, it just tells it like it is. But again, it's very superficial. It's only just scratching the tiniest tip of the iceberg in terms of how this community has deteriorated. It doesn't even go into the fact about tourism, for example. No mention of the way that Orlando has taken away so much of our tourism or the fact that, you know, we allowed Disney to get away and the casino gambling thing. It doesn't make any mention of that. Or Daytona Beach taking away. Exactly. No mention of that. Okay, what about... Uh, this, is only, this is only about the city of Miami. There is no mention of Fort Lauderdale, no mention of anything else, as though the city is like kind of self-sustaining and supporting, and there's nothing else but marsh in the Everglades around it. Okay, then, in other words, it's an overreaction by the politicians again. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. They're just trying to, you know, it, you know when a dog does its uh, number in the backyard, how it kind of runs a couple of feet away and then it kicks its hind legs up and kicks some dirt up in the air like it's trying to cover up? That's what the politicians are doing. Okay. Okay? Thank you. Okay. And the politicians have done exactly to us what the dog did in the backyard, okay? They've done that on us over and over and over again. They have no solutions. They have no suggestions. They have no answers. They have no nothing. But blue sky, that's all they can do is continue to lie and to lie and to lie. And Chief Dixon, I'm going to tell you something. What's going on in your city, in all parts of the city of Miami, with, with animals, and I do mean animals, out there on the streets selling crack and a, just a smorgasbord of every kind of drug that's ever been invented, is so pervasive and so disgusting, you ought to hang your head in shame. And the people who live in those neighborhoods with those barbarians and those animals who permit this to go on in their backyards and right under their noses, they ought to hang their heads in shame. What a disgrace.
What an absolute disgrace. And here we have all these big stories on the nightly news on our local channels. Crack cocaine and this and that. And you know something? It's getting worse, not better. It's getting worse as every day goes by. Worse. And I see our friends in Broward are really into this, man. we got every line in Broward is wide open. This is just like old times again, isn't it? Now you understand why I gave up doing this kind of show. Because the people who live here also are a big part of the problem. They don't give a damn. They're willing to accept any kind of crap. They don't, you know, oh, we're going to get the uh, tinting on our windows, and we're going to go out and buy some more guns, and we'll get some more security systems. They don't give a damn about anything. That's the thing that really gets me. Boy, I'll never forget living through that business in 1980 and 81. I mean, that was really some picnic. I mean, there were bodies popping. There were almost like bodies falling out of the sky in this town couple of nights when I left the South Dade to go home on Dixie Highway, I remember seeing these big cars uh, sideways in the middle of the, on the uh, opposite lanes of Dixie Highway with bodies and blood. It was, it was like watching Miami Vice, only it was the real world. And nobody wanted to talk about it, nobody cared about it, and you people, those of you who are here who live in your little ivory towers, you don't care. You don't care. So I don't know why the politicians are overreacting, getting hysterical, or why I'm even bringing this up again this morning. Because the people don't give a damn. And when it comes to the politicians, and when it comes to our quality of life, and when it comes to the drugs, and when it comes to anything serious, that's why six months ago on this program, or seven months ago, I stopped trying to save the world from itself because the people in this community, man, are like vegetables. They are brain dead and then some. They're beyond brain dead. Whatever the stage is beyond brain dead, that's what the people are in this area. So we'll laugh and we'll puke and we'll play all our cute little stuff and we'll do our thing and that's what we're going to do on this show, believe me. I have no idea whatever possessed me, whatever got into me, to come in and bring this crap up again today. It's, it's like Never Never Land. Oh, I live in Plantation, and I live in Davie, and I live in Cooper City, and I live in Kendall. And what, what, like I said a couple of weeks ago, what does it all revolve around? And the answer is nothing. Nothing. These are isolated, little, meaningless communities that have nothing to do with each other and nothing to do with nothing. Royal Oak. Harper Woods. Gross Point. They're suburbs of Detroit. There's something real. There's something, I mean, it may not be great, but at least it's real. There's something tangible. And the same in New York and in Chicago, in L.A., in San Francisco, in every real city in America. But this is not a real city. This is just fantasy land. It's make-believe. Miami Beach, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes. Neil, you are so right. You predicted all this years ago, and it happened. It happened. And you know something? The people didn't care then, and they still don't care I now. I want you to know, if they don't get up and start doing something, what, this wait, wait they're really going wait to a minute. get it. Wait a minute. What are they going to do? Start doing what? They're crazy. Get up and fight the goddamn politicians that are in here. How dare they come here and try to dictate to us? We're here for years. I was born here. They got no right to dictate the way they are to tell you that you gotta hire more Cubans. How many unemployed Americans are there here? How dare they say this? And how dare they come from all over the world and 
garbage places, backward countries, and kill animals and slaughter them with voodoo's. And they're crazy. These people are absolutely out of their mind. And God damn it, blame, I blame Carter. They ought to take him back where he lives and keep him there. Adios. Like I said, we should have called Lassiter this morning. It's 11 before 11 at WINZ. We have an open line in Broward. It's before 11 at WINZ. Coral Gables, hello. Hey, good morning, Neil. Yes. How you doing? Okay. Listen, um, I'm only 16, but unlike, unfortunately, many of my friends, I uh, happen to know exactly what's going on in this town, and it's very frightening. I've lived here all my life, born here, and it scares me very much. And that, you know, the problem is, I think about, like, if I remain in this town, what will this city, if it's, you know, the way it is now... What's it going to be like in 20 years? And it's absolutely, it's, it's, it's scary to think of what, what this town will be like in 20 years. Because uh, the politicians right now, they're just, they are comatose. They're intellectually comatose. I mean, the lights are on and no one is home in these uh, politicians' heads. Yeah, but it's not only the politicians. The people who the people, too. The people yeah. who live here reelect every incumbent. There, the, the people are the most unsophisticated voters, perhaps, of any large city in America. Here, they go out. There are never any issues. Uh, you know, and it's not only Cubans. The Jews are the same way. There's Barry Schreiber with his yarmulke on. Hey, we love Barry. He's dancing the horror, and it makes no difference. All they got to do is go out and pander to the ethnic group that's the, that predominates their particular uh, area that they're in. And man, they're back in over and over over and over again, and no matter how stupid they are and how divisive they are and, and, and how counterproductive they are, we keep putting them back over and over again, and then every time something like this article comes out, everybody gets on the air, well, it's the politicians. Who the hell keeps putting them back into office? The thing is, I look at the, the, all the kids in my high school, and most of these peop- most of these kids in 10 years are going to be the same way. I can tell. I can see it. The, I mean, it's... In 10 years, they'll be doing the same thing. The politicians will pander to them. All right, I want to ask you a question, a serious question. If kids in your school want to get crack or they want to get any drug they want, do they have to go far to get it? Not in my school. I mean, and I'm in a, I, I go to a very, I go to a, not a, it's a, it's an, I go to school in Kendall. Yeah. It's a pretty, uh, basically a white-collar school, about a third, third black, about a third, less than third black, predominant, the majority one is white, and then you got you know a lot of Hispanics too. But I'm telling you, if if you want if you want the drugs, if you want the crack, there are connections you can make. Okay, it's just it's very sad too. And it, the thing is, we're one of the better schools too. I go to one of the better schools in terms of drugs. I mean, some of the inner city schools, Miami High, and uh, who knows what else. There, I mean, it's it, it's disgusting. I mean, I've heard things that. It, they really do scare me. And these kids, in 10 years, they if, if they even you know, know how to vote, who knows? But they'll be doing the same thing in 20 years from now. We'll be in the same thing. New York Times, Can Miami Save Itself, Part 62. Yeah. And it's really scary. Okay. Talking to you, Neil. I appreciate hearing from you. And I'm going to say something that's going to get a lot of... I've said this before. It's nothing brand new. But you're just not supposed to say it in polite company, and especially not on the air. You people in the black community, you blacks in this town who sit back and... And I'm not saying that all blacks peddle drugs and all blacks are permissive, but I'm going to tell you something. What's going on in the black sections of Dayton-Broward County 
and I'm guaranteeing in a lot of the black sections of big cities all across this country is a disgrace. And don't tell me about discrimination, and don't tell me that you can't go out and get an honest job. Oh, but it's the white man. We we be the lackeys of the white man. They be the ones that are getting providing all the drugs. You know, it's nobody is twisting anybody's arm. Nobody's holding a gun to anybody's head, forcing them to go out and peddle drugs. Nobody. But boy, what a cush way that is to make a living, man. And every place that you will find large numbers of black people in Dayton Broward counties, and I'm not saying that, you know, we don't have Hispanics dealing in drugs, we don't have Anglos dealing in drugs, but the black areas and where blacks continue moving in are just overrun with people standing on the streets. From Miami to Homestead to Fort Lauderdale to Lauderhill, you name it. And I'm going to tell you something. Those aren't human beings. Those are animals. Those are barbarians. And I don't know, Chief Dixon, maybe we don't have enough jail cells, but I'm going to tell you something. We've got to find some way to round those barbarians up and get them off the streets. We didn't have any pr problem putting illegal aliens in the Chrome Detention Center. Why don't we put some of the barbarians in Chrome and lock them away there till we get cells available in our prisons? Because this is what's destroying this town. And as I said yesterday, if anybody really thinks that the majority of people here understand how pervasive the drug problem is in this town, they're living in a dream world. It's everywhere. Tourism long since, long ago, stopped being the number one economic part of our community. Drugs has been the number one part of the economy in this area for, for years now. And it's getting bigger and worse every single day and how people with any kind of conscience how people with any kind of soul can sit back and permit this to go on under their noses and permit their children and their grandchildren to be doing this and to be destroying other people's lives beats the hell out of me but we're not supposed to talk about it and then the our title bombs come along and all the other uh, we have what, what is that group uh, down there where we have the, the community relations board and oh gee we better do something about these talk show hosts and about neil rogers i'm going to tell you something the truth never hurt anybody the truth only hurt those people who deserve to be hurt and expose those people who deserve to be exposed And this is a community that's asleep, a community that's a la-la land because the people don't give a damn. They're busy off in their little ivory tower, as I said, off in Plantation, and they're off in Cooper City, and wherever the hell it is. And don't confuse them with, you know, the bigger picture because they don't care. And I'm getting a headache sitting here, you know, deluding myself into thinking that I'm going to get them to care. I know differently. They're not going to care for love or money. Mike Wolf is here with the headlines, CBS News at 11 o'clock, and we'll come back with our number two here. I'll tell you, if you want to make this very simplistic, the two biggest problems with this whole area, there are too many old people, and there are too many, I'm looking for the right word, I don't want to say foreigners, because that would sound like Taffy McCallum. There is too much riffraff that has come here on boats and on rafts, and God only knows how they got here, and they're, you know, destroying the area destroying it. They're turning it into a cesspool. 
And all of these limousine liberal friends of mine, you know, the ones who love to live in the suburbs but like to tell everybody else they should live in the inner city, all of those limousine liberals who would point the finger and call you a bigot because you move out when certain groups start moving in, how many of you people would like to live in a cesspool? How many of you would like to live in the kind of conditions that you can see in this community where people are living like animals, like barbarians who throw their garbage on their front lawn? whose children peddle drugs on the street corner till 5 o'clock in the morning till the sun comes up. But see, that's the problem in this country. If you say what you really feel, then you're a bigot. Then everybody's going to attack you, and they're going to try to muzzle you and shut you up. And then, you know, the status quo. We go back to the way things are, and nobody can understand why we can't solve the problems. Miami, hello. Good morning, Neil. How you doing? Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't like to live in a cesspool either. Um... I'll tell you one thing. I'm kind of from, I'm in, I'm between a rock and a hard place. I'm I'm a, a Cuban, an American first and a Cuban second. As you can tell by my language, I speak pretty good English, and my Spanish isn't that bad. But like I'm like I said, I'm like between a hard and a rock place. I love this country. I love what it stands for. I hate some of these people that come out here and they come to this country and then they don't learn the language and then they pose their views and their language on other people. No, what's even worse is when they do learn the language and they refuse to speak it in public because they want to be rude and obnoxious and arrogant and disgusting. That's even worse. Yes, it is. And I want to tell you something that happened to me on Friday. I rode with a highway patrol officer as an observer. We pulled over a Latin male. He was drunk. and took him down to the station. When the officer started reading him his rights, you know, to do the DUI test and the videotape and all that stuff, when he was videotaping, the officer asked him, I'm going to read you your rights in English. And the guy goes, I don't speak English. And the officer read him in English and then read him in Spanish. But about mm-hmm. 10 minutes into the whole whole spiel about the uh, DUI arrest, the guy goes, in perfect English, he goes, I need to go to the bathroom. If I don't go to the bathroom, I'm going to tinkle all over myself. Mm-hmm. And that was being video videotaped. So imagine what a, when that guy stands in front of a judge, and the judge views that videotape. What's the judge going to do? You know, I, I I can't understand it. Why do these people come to this country, and they they love this country, but then again, they they want to impose. Who who says they love this country? What makes you say that? Well, that's what they say. Yeah. No, they they love to take advantage of what opportunities the country has given them, but that doesn't mean they love the country. Yeah, and it takes me off because, like I said, I'm Cuban. I love this country, and I've been here, and, and you know, there's nothing I wouldn't do. And if Fidel Castro falls tomorrow, I bet you that half of these people that you listen to on these Spanish radio stations who are getting all these old Cubans all riled up about Cuba and Fidel. They, they and wouldn't this, go back. They wouldn't go back. You're crazy. Yeah. You think they're going to give up all the stuff that they got here, the houses and all the investments no way. back there? And, no way. And, no. Yeah, but see, in order to get listeners, in order to 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 to, to screw the American public, the people that live, the Americans that live down here in Miami, they're sitting there plugging away, plugging away, plugging away. Oh, I like to tell you that's my spiel for 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 now. But I like to tell you on Thursday or Friday, I was listening to Steve Kane on the way home, and somebody called about uh, you and your numbers and all this stuff, and uh, he was uh, talking about. Uh, by the time he called your show when he just left W Snooze and uh, how you treated him, and then, uh, you know, when he's not talking to you, he's sitting there, you know, you're sitting there screaming and yelling and saying all these things, but then when, when he calls you or, you know, whatever. We, we don't even discuss him. Yeah. We, don't, we don't even breathe his name on this show. Well, he called you a coward because you're not willing to face the facts in front of him. 
Well, really... the, the facts in front will be out this afternoon. will be out in the next hour. will be the next set of numbers. And I guarantee you the numbers for this show will be even better than they were the day that he called in. Yeah. Those are the facts. But uh, the caller was defending you. And he was saying, well, I make... Well, you know what tells me who's better? It's not the numbers. It's how much I make. And yeah. I bet you I make more Neil Rogers. You know something? I couldn't, couldn't care less if he made $5 million a year. He's still small potatoes, and we don't discuss him. Yeah, he's an arrogant SOB. Exactly. All righty. Thank you very much, Neil. Have a good day. Good. Twelve minutes after 11 at WINZ, we have an open line in Dade, 624-9400. Let's go to Miami. Hello. Hello, Neil. Yes. Hey, how you doing? Okay. Great show today. I really enjoy this. I uh, listen to you all the time. Uh, I was watching Channel 4 News last night, and Tim Minton, Tim Minton did a, uh, I have some investigative reporting, and uncovered that there's a, a uh, manager of Dade County, Sergio Pereira. Yeah. Suit guy. This guy had car phones installed in his in his car, his county car, his wife's car, his deputy manager's car, and this other deputy's car. And they asked him about all the uh, car phones, and he says, "When I have to, when I need to be reached, I need to be reached." So they surveyed every other metropolis in the nation, and not one county manager. And the whole nation had a car phone. Yeah. Oh, he's having a good time. You know, he's taking us for all he can get, just like most of these other guys do. And they're just like Rosario Kennedy with her $80 billion worth of furniture or whatever it is. You know, they're just taking us for a great ride. And, you know, as long as they realize the public is oblivious and all looking the other way, they're going to squeeze and suck every dime and every perk out of us that they can get. His wife had one in her car, though. Yeah, what of was course. Yeah. Well, listen, you never know when he might be in her car, you know? Oh, it's... This is really comical. She may have him hidden in the trunk. That was amazing. I thought that was, uh, I thought I'd just bring you light. To, I don't know if everyone saw it, but uh, I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah. Well, you know what they say about Nero was fiddling while Rome was burning? In this case, it's just the opposite. The community is fiddling while the politicians are burning the rest of us. Exactly. Okay. Okay, Neil. Thanks a lot. What is that? Now, he's holding up nine fingers, and here comes a sheet of paper that says... Oh, well, this is a good response to the uh, to the last caller. And while we ordinarily don't mention Steve's name on this show, we certainly would at this point because we know that he's listening. And from 10 to 3, the ratings are just in from the Spring Arbitron rating book. Isn't that interesting? Well, let's start from the bottom. Let's start from the very bottom with WNWS, a 3.3, WIOD, a 3.6, and WINZ, a 9.0. By the way, I'm not working Saturdays anymore. Okay, um, let's see. It's 11:14 at WINZ. We'll get you know a lot more on this, and we'll uh, you know spend just we don't want to spend a lot of time on it, right? You know, maybe till like maybe till four or five. I'll stick around with Stan, and we'll go over all of the numbers and to break it down because we like to uh, spread the truth on this show. A nine, okay? Is there anybody in the audience who? Had, and of course, now the logical thing: if Bob Rich were the general manager, Bob would come in and sit down and say to me. We need an 18, realistically, minimum 18 in order to survive, okay? A 9 share in midday, and I thank the audience, because really, as I said, 9% of the people, didn't I say this just the other day, 9 or 10% of the people in this town have their heads on straight, they listen to this show. The other 90% morons, okay? So I'm not uh, insulting the audience, I'm insulting the rest of the public out there who are doing whatever they're doing. What are they doing? Listening to Muzak? They're listening to life. They're listening to that wonderful elevator music. Oh, it's so wonderful, Gertrude. 
They are. They really are. They're living in their little cocoons in their ivory towers in their adult-only retirement communities, and they're vegetating. Vegetating. We have more numbers. This is just like election night. We have more numbers coming in right now. Here they are. Oh, look at this. This is good. This is all of the stations. We ought to go. Now, wait a minute. We need you here for just a second. You can even open his mic. I mean, when you got a nine share, you'd even let a douchebag on your show. I wasn't saying that about you necessarily, but... Are you talking to me? Yes. Well, who do you think I was talking to? The moon? Okay. Well, let's see. WINZ is on here somewhere. It's alphabetical, isn't it? A six... Three. Ooh, did we beat QBA? God. Hasta luego. <laughs> WQBA. Oh, no. Are you going to believe this? They only had a 5-1. It wasn't we, even close. We killed them. Well, let's see if anybody beat us. We had a 6-3. I guess life, Ooh. of course. Lifeless. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they were down a little bit. An 8-6. Isn't that wonderful? We're after them next. Now, what about W Snooze? What about W... <laughs> News and talk <laughs> on the Lee Louder show talks louder than anybody in the market. You know, I haven't. Uh, something hit me yesterday about why. Good, he talks I'm glad so, something hit you about why he talks so loud, Neil. Why? I think he's going deaf. I think you know. After I met him at the softball game, I think he's going deaf. Well, look at this. AM seems to be. I thought AM radio was dying. All the AM seemed to be going up, except the Spanish language AM. Somebody said AM was dying. Ooh. Look at that. Uh, WAQI isn't that uh, wacky? Radio Mambi. <laughs> wacky. Mambi went way down from a four six to a three two. In this and WQBA went down <laughs> from a five six to a five one. WRHC went from a one seven to a one one. So these Spanish language stations are going adios. <laughs> Oh, boy, isn't that a breath of fresh air, huh? It's about time. WCMQAM down from a 1-4 to a 1-2. What about QBAFM? This will get Stan upset. Now, they went up. Okay, Stan, you're okay from a 1-9 to a 2-3. That's not, um, super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And what about WEDR from a 5-0 to a 4-1? Ooh, I can't So you see all that. these ethnic minorities, man, they're going down. Weird. <laughs> so they're listening to the truth in English. Oh, you you're will saying? be depressed to know. Morning show is the hey man. You hear what Tanner did this morning? Okay, uh, Waxy <laughs> did go up from a three zero to a three five. Isn't that exciting? First up book and got a lot. Oh time. yeah. Well, you know when you get down to oh, you know what I haven't even looked at yet. <laughs> I almost forgot. <laughs> oh, the last station. Uh-oh. I don't think I'll mention that one. Well, should I? That'll take the pressure off you. If well, I there's no it. pressure. What pressure? <laughs> I mean, would you prefer that I read oh, it? Look at this. The Rasta Jew just brought in the mail. Thanks, Rasta. Oh, this be pretty good mail here, Rasta. This be pretty good. Oh, thank you, baby. Here's, Hello, man. <laughs> here's Soccer America. This oh, was... look at that. Soccer America. You sure you don't want this? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Rasta Jews don't play soccer, do they? I'm sorry. Okay. A nine share. Do you have any idea what that means? From a seven. Nothing. It means nothing. That's the incredible part of it. A nine in midday, okay? A nine. This is a radio station that used to do ones and twos. Ones and twos! And those were all old people, okay? Real old. I mean, like over a hundred. By the way, the uh, news is coming back tomorrow in midday. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, they made the decision before the book came out. What can I tell you? This is great. What's that? 
Oh, coupons. We and... don't have time for that right now. This is from the New York Times. We still don't have time for it. This is from the New York Times, too, okay? okay. This magazine that everybody's so up in arms about. Okay, uh, the FM. Yeah. Do I dare, should I read this? Because I have been already told in no uncertain terms, don't uh, go overboard on this. Although, Peter Bolger, you were a witness. He said I could say you anything can, I wanted. Yeah, read okay. it anyway. Well, listen, it's a... Uh, Maybe it'll stand by itself. They've got a 20-year plan on the FM. <laughs> Maybe it'll stand by itself if you just read it. Well, how about if I look at the other AORs first, okay? Like, oh, yeah. Uh, WGTR. And she. Went from a 2-2 two -two to a 2-6. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. She. Yeah. Went from a 2.7 to a 2.2. So that was like kind of a turnaround. Yeah. They sort of flip-flopped. Yeah. And uh, Zeta. <laughs> Go ahead. Went from a 1.6 to a 1.2. Hasta luego. Now, what are you, why are you doing that? What are you doing that? They're still, uh, you know, just a couple of years away from greatness. All right, let's take our first break here. And I apologize. There are a lot of people on the line. They've been waiting a long time. And, uh, you know, you're 1126 at WINZ. So I guess we beat everybody but life, right? Let me go up and down the list again. Does anybody care about this? Do you think our audience? Yeah, they care. No? Well, I care. And the other, all the other people in the business care. And, of course, they're all listening. there anybody else this station had a 6.3 share 12 plus in the spring book i mean that is so incredible it is so mind-boggling of course the question now is will they be able to sell um my show and the answer is of course not let's see now who's this with a 5-4 uh-oh tanner Powerless 96 went way up, way up to a 5-4. Of course, that's all those people who are into that scratch music. They'd be some real interesting people. No. So we're like number two in the market. We're the number one AM and number two overall behind Lifeless. And, of course, you know, two-thirds of their audience are in offices. They're captive audience. They're listening in dentist offices and doctor's offices and psychiatrist's offices etc. Lukewarm 105. What is lukewarm 105? What is that? What is it? Oh, hot 105. I'm sorry. I forgot. See, I have totally forgot about them. Oh, they're about flat. 3-4 to a 3-3. Three, three. Flat. They're going to be playing Chinese mazurkas next week on Not So Hot 105. Or maybe they'll become a little hotter. Maybe it'll be Sichuan 105. You never know. Okay, so those are the uh, numbers as we have them. And, of course, uh, we'll be getting a little bit more on this as the returns from the farm belt comes in. So uh, stick around, and we can gloat, and we can jump up and down and carry on and uh, just, you know, do a Kazansky on the air together. So all of those people out there who would like me to be off the air and all the people who send the hate mail and who would like to have the news back in midday and are all upset because we don't have Admiral Poindexter, we'll give them the Italian salute. Exactly. Stick it where the moon don't shine is basically the message. But of course, it was a lot of fun. But now I think we have to go back. 
Of course, we don't want to do too well, because like I told you, when you do too well, then everybody starts getting real nervous, real nervous, like the people in the programming department. They're always nervous. And if you do too well, then you attract a lot of attention. So if we can kind of, you know, like slide back, a lot of guests, exactly. Let's bring back those boring guests. You know, I was thinking, now Fred Schatz was really good yesterday, and he put, passed out a lot of good information, very important information. But I want to say this. I sat in there with Tweety Bird in the programming office this morning, and I said to him, as of this moment, I'm beginning to think that perhaps no guests ever might be the way to go. Now, I hate to say that because there's some people we have on every now and then I really like, like Jicka and Cosford and Linda Thornton and um, Tony Segreto. And, you know, there, there may be about a half a dozen, ten, whatever it is that I enjoy, and we have a good time together, but I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. Okay, we had a couple of people drop off in date, and I, you know, profusely apologize from the bottom of my heart, because I know we kept you waiting, and you're really, we got you worked up to a frenzy about what this town is turning into, and New York Times, and all this other stuff, and, uh, you know, we lost three callers while I went through this whole tirade, this self-aggrandizement about the ratings. But this is what it's all about. This is what we live and die for, okay? Now, I'm sitting here with a nine. Now, if Mr. Pompous over there on that other station, whose name we don't mention, when his book comes out, uh, you know, obviously he wasn't a part of this, but when the um, summer book comes out, uh, I'd be very curious to see what that number is. Should we compare numbers? That would be interesting. Okay, let's go back to the call. Look at that. Just about everybody dropped off. You know something? I don't think I'm even going to try to go back to it. I really don't. No, I don't think I'm going to go back to it. I think I'm just going to play uh, the whole rack. Don't you? We didn't take any calls yesterday. And look how painless that was. Everything was wonderful. Until 2 o'clock when I was about to leave and I got called into our program director's office. And then it was not so wonderful. And I thought to myself when I got up this morning, should I really go in there to work today or should I just, you know, kind of go out on strike? Should I pick at the radio station and just have a big placard that says, Mess with Success? You see, because obviously, based on these numbers, I don't know what I'm doing, and I need a lot of direction and a lot of restrictions. And one of the things that's happened on this radio station, and it's because, thank goodness, we have had a tremendous amount of latitude, is that we've brought enormous numbers of people back to AM radio because we've had a lot of latitude, and we haven't had people standing over our shoulders assuming that we didn't know what we were doing. I don't hear you. How come I don't hear him? Ron Harrison is driving home. He just stopped at the Shell City Liquor Store to get a bottle of champagne. He wants to hear the morning numbers again. Oh, I don't, I don't have the morning numbers. How come I don't have the numbers for the rest of the day? Maybe they're still being spit out of the computer. Probably, yeah. No, I don't think so because I got 10 to 3. 6 to 10 would come first. Yeah, exactly. How come they don't bring me? I'd love to uh, toot the horn about the rest of the station about our great morning drive news, which is, I mean, if anybody listens to the news in the morning on any other station, they got to be a fool. And I've been saying that ever since I came to this radio station, and I say it with all sincerity. We have great news people in the morning. And for the life of me, I have no idea why anybody would choose to listen to any other station for news in the morning. Or any time, for that matter. Well, there is one hour, but I'm not going to get into that, because I've been told, don't, uh, you know, don't say it. There is one hour in the early evening... I don't want to mention what time it is after Stan gets off the air, but I'm not going to talk about it. 
Let me just give the numbers out again. And I don't, you know, at this point, I don't care what you do. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what you want to talk about. If you want to keep up with the New York Times, because I know that nobody gives a damn. I can sit here and get all emotional and get my blood pressure up and scream and holler about the animals peddling drugs and the towns turned into a cesspool and we've got Jamaican gangs and this kind of gang. And, you know, it, it, it's pathetic. It's really sad. You know, I guess the new thing, you know, when you're when you're some part of a uh, ethnic minority now, the new thing in America, unlike what it used to be years ago, the no, I shouldn't say that because even years ago we had all these other gangs. That's true. It's not different, but it's just a lot more unpleasant now because we're living through it. But what is it that gives you the right when you come into the country to all of a sudden um, have a large segment of your people be barbarians? I'm not, I'm not sure I understand that. North Dade perhaps has the answer to the question. Hello. I wish I did, but I don't. I didn't think so. <laughs> I wish I did. Well, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Okay, and for God's sakes, don't give up the phone. We live for this. <laughs> uh, let me ask you something. Well, I don't even know what to talk about, tell you the truth. I know. You know, but the thing that irked me is about these goddamn telephones. We are paying phone bills for every employee of the city. They're calling Australia. They're calling all over the universe. And we are paying for those calls. I think they ought to call Trailways for a one-way bus ticket. <laughs> and I think we'd be delighted to donate 75 bucks a piece for each one of them for a one-way ticket to anywhere they want to go. Oh, this is terrible deal. And him with five phones? Yeah. Well, he has to have a phone for each suit. Of course. <laughs> but you know what? It, it's funny, and yet it is so pathetic. Do we, by the way, do we know where he got the phones and how much he paid for them? Oh. That might be interesting. Yeah, that's it. The only I, thing. I heard he got them at the flea market at a special discount. <laughs> Stolen goods, I hope. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what else to talk about. I just want to say congratulations. Thanks a lot. Okay. All right, okay. love. Hang in there. Keep your head above water. Okay. Okay. That's all we try to do in South Florida is tread water. Now, here's Mike Wolf, who, of course, is the dean of the Winds Newscasters. There's still the copy machine, but we were a 5-1 in, in Morning Drive. An excellent number. Like excellent. So we beat him again. And IOD was a 4-5. Uh-oh. IOD was a 4-something in the morning, and Mike has been told he has to do a 12 minimum. Minimum! That's a true story, by the way. Now, how would you feel if they told us that, you know? Like, we've got to do a 15 in the next book, or you're all out of work. Exactly. It's time to open up a second bar, Mike. What can I tell you? Thank you for those numbers. Okay. And congratulations to our morning uh, news team, who again have uh, beaten the competition. What was that they were saying? It's news after the softball game the other night? About how we may have beaten them off the air, but they beat us on the air? Well, the last couple of books, that hasn't happened. So, perhaps... Uh, Tom Schaefer and his midget sidekick over there ought to just, you know, if you're going to talk loud, at least have something to brag about. North Miami, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes. Uh, first, I want to congratulate you, and I'm very, very happy for you. Thank you so much. And uh, secondly, uh, I hope you're just kidding when you said that you're not going to work on Saturday. That means that you will be denying all these people who work all week long and can't listen to you during the week and look, look, look forward to listening to you on Saturday. Let me tell you something. The chances of them letting me off on Saturday are non-existent, okay? Oh, now you make me happy. <laughs> I 
really mean that I had to interrupt the very important thing that I was doing to get you on the telephone and to verify it. To verify what? That you're, that you're going to continue working on Saturday. Well, how about if they let me have off like every third or fourth Saturday? Wouldn't that be a good deal? Well, that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. I mean, they even let Alice off every fourth Saturday, and he only works three hours on Saturday. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, that's right. Well, anyway, again, I congratulate you. You deserve everything, uh, all the ratings that you get, all the good ratings that you get. Thank you. Is really, uh, there's no one like you. What can I tell you? Oh, well, I know. That's what they tell me. Okay, have a great day. Thank you, you too, and continue working on Saturday. Okay. The Saturday people uh, uh, love listening to you. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Maybe Sunday, too. How about Sunday? And then I can do a, a, let's see, a show on the FM on the weekend, and one of the nights on the weekend I can do an oldie show on the FM, and what else? And then I can over uh, go over to Love 94, and I can sit around with um, Noodles and all those other exciting people over there in the morning before I come to work here. Okay, we have an open line in Dade, 624-9400. We have a very bright caller from Deerfield coming up next. Hello. Hello, uh, Neil. Yes. As, I, as I'm going to echo the uh, congratulations, uh, with your numbers, you shouldn't have any difficulties getting off whenever you want to get off. Exactly. Like like at noon, for example, today. If I want to go over to Flagler, they should bring somebody in here. I'll just take well, off. A chauffeur, limo, anything you want. You come got on. it. You got the... Twice the numbers of anybody around the place. Right. At least they ought to, the least they can do, you know, is bring oh, me a cake that isn't stale now. You shouldn't ever have a, a bit of aggravation with the so-called management people at all. They should be submissive to your, your <laughs> desires. Uh, after all, you make it go. Uh, all right. Now, that's stroking. I want to get down to something that I know about personally, and I think it might be interesting to your, to your listening people. <clears throat> Back in the 60s, when the first Cubans came over, the so-called, they weren't wealthy people. They had the retinues, and they had the groups of, they had tremendous retinues. I, I was a mailman. I delivered mail to them. We had a project out there called Westchester. It's not a project that is very, shouldn't be used, but it was very fine homes built in the wonderful neighborhood. These homes were, were just begging. Nobody wanted to buy Nobody could buy them. They were too expensive at that time, back in the early 60s. I think they were 18,000. They had central air. They had every convenience you want. All of a sudden, I see this influx of uh, groups of people going into each home. And I see from from uh, uh, six months old all the way up. And then I see what you know, retinue, retinue, similar to what uh, Marcos would have. And then I started delivering checks. And then I would find, to my amazement, that the, everybody got a check, uh, welfare, whatever. The These are... Uh, let me see. I'm a little nervous. I never called on, on radio before, but nevertheless. Oh, did you want me to stop that? No, go ahead. I'm listening. And then uh, once a month, uh, I found out that I was delivering $250 checks to anybody that was in the Bill of Bay of Pigs, Bay of Pigs operation. So uh, this is where a lot of the money was. Now, these were the people that were supposed to be the cadre or the... By the way, a lot of those folks that were out there, that I recognize names from those days. Uh, presidents of banks uh, nowadays and really have gotten up in this world but they let's face it they were never down in any, either world in cuba or here but uh, if you can just imagine all those checks that went out there and the funny part of a uh, sidebar this is uh, when i delivered the uh, the C, uh, mm, cia checks they were in a regular envelope 
and I noticed that the place was in a building in Coral Gables, and I said something to the clerk in Coral Gables. She said, nobody's supposed to know this, that's the CIA. <laughs> but um, it was just a, it was interesting to me anyway. You got, uh, let me see, I'm a little nervous. I never called on, on radio before, but nevertheless. Okay, 20 minutes till noon at WINZ. We have an open line in date, 624-9400. We have a, um, I think we'll take the collect call from West Palm Beach because we're trying to conserve. Hello. Hi, Neil. Hi. Congratulations on your numbers. Thank you. And despite what management says, continue to do just what you're doing right now. Obviously, it's working. Yeah, I always do the opposite of what they say, and look how well it's worked out. That's right. And I think you should get Saturdays off. I think only everyone else works five days a week. Yeah. Slave labor. I thought that was illegal. That's right. Management doesn't work six days a week. No. That would be a cold day in hell when you'd see them here on the weekend. You should get off also. Question on IOD. What happened to them? Not that I care anymore. What happened to them? Well, I'm curious as far as numbers. Well, you got to remember that uh, I don't, I don't. Well, let's see. In the midday, they had a three-six, which was up quite a bit, amazingly, from a two-four. Wow! But you got to remember that all the people who were on then are gone. That's right. Well, when they left, I left too. I said, "Dasta luego" to them. Yeah. And you know, I got a call from Mike Anthony. You what? <laughs> yeah. You, what? He wants you to do a show. The, the Mike Anthony of IOD called me. For what? I had written a nasty note to him, you know, complaining about all the firings and so forth. Yeah. Got a form letter response, and that ticked me off further. Uh-huh. So when you had uh, Tom Jick on, when he was on when you were on vacation, yeah. he mentioned that Mr. Mouse up in Atlanta was the head bigwig as far as I Mr. Did. Mr. Mouse? Mr. Mouse. Mr. Mouse. Yeah. I thought that was... <laughs> And his, him a nasty note and, say, and his brother, Mr. Rat, is down here in Miami. <laughs> That's about what I said. I said, you know what's going on with this lousy station? So I guess by way of network, they sent it back to Mike Anthony and said, answer this lady. So he called me up and said, they are now into high-tech radio. What's high-tech radio? <laughs> Did he really say that? Yeah. High-tech? What is that? Other than the helicopter. Oh, I think you misunderstood him. I think he said high-dreck. <laughs> Oh, he said high-tech radio. You want to know what high-tech radio is? Listen. You hear it? Can you hear it? Yeah. What is it? That's it. That's high-tech. Heading down? Yeah. Okay. That's where their book's going to be. Those are their numbers, yeah. Ah, Next time. Here it goes. Here it comes. Look out. In fact, it's hovering over Channel 7 right now, right next door. It's lasting a lot longer than I thought it would. Wait a minute. Rick Weaver's changing his underwear in the blimp. First time this year. Here comes Joe. Okay. There they go. That's high tech. That's high tech. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Have a good day. Give my best to Mike. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> see you later. High tech radio. Boy, that's exciting. That means, well, you know what that really means? It just dawned on me. See, high tech, I guess, has to do with equipment, and that's why they're putting all those board ops on the air. Because they're familiar with all that new modern equipment that they brought in. So that's high-tech radio. You bring in all your board ops and you put them on the air. Okay, we have a couple of open lines, one in each county. In Dade, 624-9400. And in Broward, 524-9400. I promise you that tomorrow we'll go back to uh, whatever we've been doing for the last several months.
But, uh, you know, some of us never learn. And, of course, when I left here yesterday, I was somewhat psychotic, a little bit psychotic, because I got a uh, good talking to yesterday, and I was told in no uncertain terms that, uh, you know, some of these things uh, just have got to change. And, of course, if we go up to an 11 in the next book, then for sure we'll have to change because we like to mess with success at WINZ. Now, you see, it's like the old saying about if it's not broken, don't fix it. We like to do the opposite. Okay, let's go to uh, Hollywood. Hello. Uncle Neil? Yes, sir. Congratulations. Hardiest congratulations. Thank you. Uh, the only reason I called was to say that, but one other thing crossed my mind while I was listening to the lady before me. Can't believe I'm hearing this voice, Steve. Uh, don't, you don't have to say who it is. Uh, but just let me say, the only other thing that, that, that uh, I, 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 t- I talked to Tom Jick the day, the day she's referring to him, Mr. Stanley Mouse. Stanley is his first name. I also wrote and called him and informed him about what's going on over there at IOD. Stanley Mouse? Stanley Mouse, I swear to God. In fact, when I talked to the operator, he says, you put me on, right? She says, no, sir. Wait a minute. Didn't we used to have, our GM used to be called Stanley J. Mouse. Well, I don't know I don't know if it's the same guy, but this is the guy that's at Cox's uh, corporate headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. Until they cut his tail off. <laughs> I don't know about anything about that, but I spoke to him and I sent him a note. Uh, you know, like I said, I really don't care about uh, about that station, but uh, you, know, you know why I was concerned. And that was part, part of my call for you, you today. Uh, and I don't know how this will sound, but I'm going to say it anyhow. If you wish to believe me, you may get your finger ready. Well, wait a minute. What are you going to say, Steve? <laughs> Is there any chance of getting Bill Calder back on your show, on your on your station? Nobody would like that better than I would. I think he would be so great from eight to midnight on this station. But unfortunately, they're just in love with Talknet here. They just love that swill on Talknet, and it. You know what can I tell you? Well, would would would, would a host of, of letters, postcards, carrier pigeon, uh, donkey express? I mean, would 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 any kind of communication help change that? Well, it couldn't hurt. Let's put it that way. I, I don't want to offer you a lot of hope, and I've talked, you know, to Bill about that, but it's. Just, uh, they're very hard-headed around here, I'm telling you. Okay, they, I don't want to take up a lot of your time, but again, heartfelt congratulations, Neil, and keep knocking them dead. Thanks a lot, Steve. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Yeah, they have that Burger King mentality. They want to do it their way, you know, which generally, when you're dealing with management in this business, their way is the wrong way. And don't, you know, don't bother with us, those of us who are on the air, because we're morons. We don't know anything. We're just, uh, you know, those on-the-air people, man. We're just a bunch of peons. So they go ahead and they pee on us all the time. You know, that's the bottom line. We're just peons. And I'm only sitting here with a nine share in the midday. It, there's no such thing. There is no such number, okay? No such number in daytime radio in a market with 37 signals. It just doesn't exist. But I will say this. Gary did come in here and he went uh, like that. And then he ran out of the building because he knows that uh, we're going to be renegotiating my contract or I'm not showing up tomorrow. Okay, where are we going? South Miami? Hello. Hello. How you doing? Fine, thank you, Mr. Rogers. Uh... Just got off work a couple hours ago when we were listening to you at the station. Uh, and I work for the federal government, one yep. of the agencies mentioned in that uh, article in New York Times. Yeah. And been in Miami now about seven years, and I like to say that the people here in Miami are some of the most uncooperative people. Boy, you can say that again. I can, I can vouch for that on this show, I'll tell you. Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable, and the stigma that my wife or myself you get in this community being employed by an agency, uh, it's unbelievable. They think that we're some kind of outcast. And, you know, I've been 18 years, and sometimes you just want to give up, and maybe the best thing to do is uh, let all these people run amok. Run, run amok? Run amok. All the, I mean, we try to do what we can, but all we get is bad publicity and and no cooperation whatsoever. I think I may have a good idea. Maybe what we ought to do is take all of the riffraff, 
all of the drug people, all of the undesirables, and what we'll do is we'll build, you know, they're very big on walls here lately, you know, the big wall in Fort Lauderdale and the wall in Hallandale. Now, what I do is build a big wall around the city of Miami, like the Berlin Wall, and jam all of these people in there, and, you know, we'll let all the nice people out who want to get out first, and we'll just jam them all in there, we'll leave them in there, and we'll just ignore it, and we'll let the politicians, you know, try to control them, and, you know, they'll deserve each other. That's, and, and, you know, they make it harder and harder now because one of the little tricks a lot of them have is, a lot of these people is that they don't speak English. And or, they understand, and they do speak English. Well, when it's convenient for them, they speak it. That's, you know, always the innocent, uh, stupidity-type act they put on. Yeah. And now, with all these new policies from the INS, uh, you don't know who is who. You don't know whether this person is uh, a legal alien, a uh, illegal alien. And it's one of these things that's, the policy is just unbelievable. Uh, just let everybody in, and we'll take worry about it later. So, you know, it's just a shame that in Texas it was a completely different thing. Uh, the people in here in Miami, they just want to be left alone. They don't care what's going on next door. Yeah, no, they're oblivious. And don't forget, most of them came here to escape and to get away, and they just uh, they have that kind of mindset, and nothing you can do is going to change it. And we just have far too many of these retirees here. And there's nothing wrong with being retired. And there's nothing wrong with being old. But we've just got this really warped population here, and it's just not working out. Yeah, I'm one of these. I guess I grew up wrong, or you know, if someone tries to sell you a new color television for fifty dollars. Yeah. Uh, you know that it's stolen. So if there's no buyers, there'll be no sellers. And and people, you know, that on the up and up will go ahead and and brag about buying a TV for fifty dollars. Yeah. And like like Sergio, you know, he wants to be a great role model for our youth in uh, Dade County. Yeah, and they want to raise taxes now. Well, yeah, because we got to, you know, subsidize all of those suits that he's buying. And, you know, I just don't see how people can continue living here because it just gets outrageous. Uh, and property value is going down, but he says they're going up. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Well, sir, good luck. We'll need it. Thanks for calling. Thank you, sir. Ten minutes till noon at WYNZ. We've got two open lines in Dade now where uh, people are expiring like flies. Did you hear the story on the news this morning, by the way, about the new state gun law where they repealed the previous law and what they didn't... Our legislature, in their infinite wisdom, what they didn't realize when they repealed the previous law, what they did, in effect, was make it legal for people in Florida now to walk around carrying guns. As long as they're not completely concealed, uh, based on the new law now, you can walk around anywhere and carry a gun, even if you don't have a permit. As long as it's not concealed... You can walk around with a gun. So Stan must really be excited about that because he, you know, he's a great advocate of bringing a Wild West back and having everybody carry a gun on their holster so that when you go trolling around in the Broward Mall and somebody gives you a dirty look, uh, you can get even real quick. We have another break to do, don't we? I think. Nine minutes till noon at WINZ. I can't believe we have night yeah, from eight to midnight for so many years. And I made the point that, you know, my goal was to expand, not to take away anybody else's audience, maybe a little bit here, although it is interesting that all those people who are on at this time period are gone. All of them are gone in 10 months. They're either off the air or they're in another time period. It's really bizarre. But anyway, my point was to expand the talk market during this period of time because we've got this incredible signal, which is going to be even better the day that we get to go non-directional in the daytime, even in Tampa. Even Lassiter can hear it every day and steal my material fresh every day instead of getting it secondhand. And it's kind of interesting if you add up the numbers from our station and IOD and NWS in midday now in this latest rating book, it's 16% of the audience. Whereas before, when there was only Sandy and Al basically on in midday, 
between them, they did about 6 7%. Put together, 6 to 7%. So we have more than doubled the talk listenership during this day part. Does that mean anything? No, I'm sorry. Okay, excuse me. Uh, Miami, hello. Hello. Yes. I just wanted to say, to keep up the good work, I have you people on, I don't even change my dial for 24 hours a day. And the only thing I'm doing is getting bags under the eyes. Yeah. But you're well, doing a marvelous lot, job. There are a lot of bags in this town, sir. Right, I understand perfectly. But you're doing a wonderful job, and only hope you keep up the good work. Okay, thank you. Davey, hello. Hi, Neil. Hi. I have a couple questions about the rating system and how it works. Maybe you can clear me up on it. Mm -hmm. What uh, is the latest time of day that the ratings actually go towards? I mean, they don't go into the midnight hour, right? Oh, sure. They're 24 hours a day. Oh, they're 24 hours a day? And they are listed hour by hour, which we don't have the whole book yet. They won't be out for a couple of days. But they are listed hour by hour through the midnight hour till 1 in the morning. Because I'm just curious. I mean, I'm not a big fan of... Uh, you know, talk net or just picking up a pot and and receiving it. And I enjoyed it much better before when you actually had someone there in the evening. Right, when Bill Calder was here. I agree with you. Well, I was wondering if they could, if there's a difference in the books between, I mean, if the ratings justify it, okay, that's one thing. But I'm just wondering if it's uh, justifiable or not as far as money is concerned. Well, see, that's the big problem. And even when I was on from 8 to midnight and I had great numbers at night for years, but always the story was, well, we can't sell nighttime. And the problem is that advertisers in this market, and agencies especially, do not want to buy after 7 p.m. Gotcha. Which is unfortunate, because, you know, I used to have a very large audience at night. And uh, Bill had a big audience at night. In fact, his midnight hour, he had like an 11 share in his last book on this station. But, um, you know, it's, it's very difficult to retrain old dogs to do new tricks. Yeah. I got another quick question about the rating system, too. Now, yeah. you're, you have a, a nine... Is your rating, correct? For, right. For this last book. Right. Now, what percentage of that rating can you contribute to yourself? How much would actually go towards the cackle? And how much would Kyle take out of that 9%? Okay, I think probably the cackle has about 8%. You're kidding me. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, because I, you know, I mean, a show isn't just one person. It's the whole concept and your whole show during that time period. No question you... about it. That's it. Keep up the good work. Thanks a lot. Don't forget the yeah, the writers. All those people who write our material. We don't have any. But, uh, see, that's the one thing that astonishes me, is they give us nothing. I was talking to Stan last night. We were having one of those on-the-phone bitching sessions that people in this business love to have. And I was saying, you know, what do they give us? Uh, nothing. I, I mentioned that. I said it took me, Stan was very fortunate, in days... I don't know what it is with Major, but you notice how the first day before he even went on the air, Rick Edwards was in here with a boom mic, and they brought that stupid old mic, and they messed up my show. And, uh, you know, they were running around with all this equipment. It took me months to get the first cart rack in here for all of these uh, crazy things that we play on the air. Major's here for like a couple of weeks, and bingo, look at this. We got a second cart rack for all of his stuff, for uh, I want to be Don Johnson and all that, and Madonna. This man has got a sense of humor. You know, I just realized he deserves to be on between 6 and 7. You know that? He deserves that every night. Just slowly but surely, each evening, his credibility is just... Do you remember that thing that the Max was carrying around before that had Zeta on it that was pretending to be a sink but looked like some other... something else you'd find? Um, I'm telling you, just kind of like the Tidy Bowl man, just swimming away. Exactly. 
And between six and seven, I think uh, for one of those chairs, I'm not sure which. But I'm not supposed to talk about that, okay? All of a sudden, I have this sick, literally, this sick feeling in the pit of my stomach. I am sick to my stomach. I'm nauseous. Wait a minute. The Island Queen said that Rick and Suds said that Saturday the Vulture and Lee had lunch. Lee who? Fowler? Lee Fowler had lunch with the Vulture? You have got to be pulling my beak. Are you serious? Lee Fowler had lunch with the Vulture on Saturday? Now, what could that be all about? I have noticed that he's been acting pretty bizarre this week, so that uh, we better check that out. We ought to start our own rumor line and find out what that's all about. Probably something they arranged at the softball game, no doubt, right? wonder how much he's getting paid off. The Vulture Super Spy. Okay, Mike Wolf is here with the headlines. World News from CBS at noon. And we'll come back with more award-winning birds at 12.06. It's a little bit better. Right? Right. So just send us your name and address. You don't even have to put in the stamped envelope. And we'll use our own... We'll use those old 95 INZ envelopes that they refuse... Do you know, this is an interesting story, okay? This company has no gripes coming when we do this kind of thing. It's not like we have a shortage of envelopes. We have 7,400,006 envelopes that say 95INZ, and I imagine a couple of letterheads along with them, too, right? They won't let me use them. And they won't let us use them because the embarrassment factor is too great. Well, there is no more 95INZ. It's now, of course, Zeta 94.98236. And um, if you can remember all those numbers, see, that's the problem. They have a few listeners, but they can't remember all of those numbers so they can write it down <laughs> in the appropriate book. I love those stations that every rating period, you know, write it down. Write it, that's, that is so crass and so disgusting. Do you think that anybody out there writes it down because somebody on the air says write it down? Of course not. And it sounds like hell. It is so it comes across so bad. But, of course, if you are listening to WINZ 940 on your AM <laughs> dial, write it down. But anyway, the address, postcards, letters, will be delighted to send you all you want. Boone in the box. Go her. Care of Neil Rogers, WINZ, Miami, 3305. Now, I do want to remind you that Pat and Debbie Boone are coming to town at the Sunrise Musical Theater next month to do Sound of Music. Those wonderful, religious, Bible-toting, God-fearing quacks are coming here next month. And, of course, uh, we have sent out literally thousands of copies of the Boone in the Box picture from the... Would you try to control yourself? from the January 1984 issue of Hustler magazine. And if you would like your very own copy, because, listen, when you got a nine share now, especially, we don't give a damn. We'll pay the postage. You don't even have to send the stamped self-addressed envelope. Just send us your name and address on a card in a letter to Boone in the Box, and we'll send you, believe me, it'll be worth the effort. I will not disappoint you on this one. Send it to Boone in the Box, care of Neil Rogers, W-I-N-Z, Miami, and the zip code is 33055, because we want to make sure that every man, woman, and child, every living man, woman, and child in Dade, which leaves a lot of people out and leaves the brain dead out, we want to make sure you all have your copy by the time Pat and Debbie come into town. 
What are you trying to say? What? Are you, why are you over there? Um, it's not open. And when Kyla's ready, he'll open it. Well, you need to deny the rumor, but in the meantime, think up something good, because everybody believes it now that you and Lee Fowler had lunch on Saturday, probably being paid off to be a spy. Who? A spy. Who? Who said? Who Wait a minute. That, doesn't that sound of the vulture sound like a spy to you? It does to me. Who? Just kind of hovering over all the dead bodies it wins. I was sitting at home Saturday afternoon minding my own business, yeah. bothering nobody. And How many who? witnesses do you have to confirm this? Nobody. I was by myself. See? He has unsubstantiated testimony. <laughs> Bring who? Arthur. Arthur Lyman is going to come in. He has a few questions he'd like to ask you, Mr. Hill. Who said I had lunch with him? That's what I want to know. Who is spreading this malicious... Rick and Spuds. Well, there you go. Consider the source. What do you mean, Rick and Spuds? That's the message that Kyle gave me. Is the, am I right? That's the message we have, that Rick and Spud. They said this on the air? On the air. Tell them not to call the station ever again. <laughs> they didn't call. Somebody who heard it called in. Oh, is that right? Yeah. You heard them saying that on the air? Oh, boy. They're wrong. They're absolutely wrong, and I deny it In vehemently. fact, it, it was from that same station. I think we have a tape of the call. It's a lie. I am not a Nazi. Yeah. So that should give you an idea exactly. of who it was. Exactly. Well, they're wrong, and I vehemently See, he's deny not. It. No, you're not vehemently denying it, because I know you too well now, and uh, it's kind of a lukewarm denial, so that <laughs> beyond the shadow of a doubt indicates it's true. A, I would not break bread with that man. First off, he hurts my ears when he talks. Yeah. And I think he's going deaf is why he talks a lot. And I think we should take up a collection to buy Lee Fowler a miracle ear. I really do. I think it would be a, a good thing for a us to do. A miracle rear? Lee I don't know if I can muster what up What you're supposed to say is absolutely untrue. You're supposed to scream it. What do you think? What do you think? Now, I want to tell you something that's going to really get you depressed. What? What now? Our management, I mean upper-level management, told me this morning... Oh, God. ...that he thinks that Jeff Charles is real competition. And I tried for 15 <laughs> minutes in the middle of the rest of what I was trying to tell him to tell him that this man is so bad that it's embarrassing, in addition to which he cannot buy a call. Every time I turn him on, if Stan goes into a, one of those rare commercial breaks and <laughs> I, I punch over to uh, 790, he can't buy a call. And he keeps pumping those numbers and pumping the numbers. Come on, you want to talk to us? Call those numbers. They don't want to talk to him. See, Ron Sachs had an annoying voice. Ron sounded kind of like uh, the vulture. Okay, <laughs> But at least he had some semblance. He had an IQ of over one. Not very much <laughs> over, but uh, an IQ of over one. But this guy has uh, nothing. There is nothing there. There is no substance. Well, there may be a substance, but it's one of those that we can't mention on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I have... Speaking of the dog kicking up its hind legs in the lawn, we mentioned that earlier <laughs> in the show. So you have to kind of keep in mind all of the different things that we touch on during the show, and then sooner or later they come back and fit in perfectly. <laughs> I've always said that. Yeah. If, if, if you listen to the show in total, in toto... You also noticed that I was told the same uh, mung brain that gave me my lecture yesterday, Mess w Mr. Mess with Success, also told us uh, in no uncertain terms he didn't want you on this show. 
Yesterday? Quite, no, no, no. Quite some time oh, yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. And that you were going to destroy this program. Yeah, remember how upset they used to get? Yeah. And, and now we're in, of course, unfortunately, you have been on the show for quite some time. And now we're up to a nine. We did a seven last time, which was a miracle. Now we've got a nine. Even the Pope couldn't get a nine, okay? <laughs> I'm serious. In Bogota, Colombia, and he couldn't you, get a nine. And as you said, 8% of that is the cackle. What does that tell you about this market, huh? What does that say? <laughs> and you, well, you did your usual thing. They hated it when I came on the show. They used to get so upset. And uh, you kept having me on the show. You did your usual thing. You did the, exactly the opposite of what they wanted you to do. And it's worked out as usual. It has worked out just absolutely beautiful. Now, you're looking for something. You can't find anything in that. Stan's rack. You can't find anything in that rack. Here it is. Okay. <laughs> He's got that in your rack? Adios. This is an upper-level programming meeting at WINZ <laughs> that you're listening in on. Hasta luego. Ooh, I wonder who they said that to. <laughs> yeah, me too. If you're looking for our studios, it's that building out in Carroll City in the middle of nowhere where the big sign reads, Mess with Success. Exactly. Why don't they just leave me alone? Huh? Why don't they just leave me alone? Well, I thought they were. They were. For a long time, they just left But then I alone. came back from vacation, and I attacked our program director for putting those boring hearings on. Oh, that's what, that's what it all see, now he's, yeah. this is a backlash. Yeah. He's responding. Yeah. He's flexing his muscle. You're right. He's still upset about you uh, ripping yeah. that. Yeah. He's flexing his muscle. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Oh, well. And I will not call that news person psychotic anymore. <laughs> Embarrassing, yes, but not psychotic. I will not use that word. Well, thank God. I'm not retracting it, but I just won't use it anymore. Well, good. Embarrassing, humiliating, degrading, and debasing, yes. <laughs> psychotic, I'm just not going to say it. <laughs> I'm no fool. Anything else? So what did you have for lunch with Lee? I did not go to lunch Where with him. Where did you eat? At, I um, would not shorties? go to lunch with him. Shorties? No. I met well, him One of those joints over on 441 that Lee likes with the donuts. I met him for the first time at the softball game. First time I've ever met and him in my life. that's where you set up lunch. No. Of course, it all fits in, doesn't it? No. I did okay, not have lunch. The jury is deliberating right now. Someone's hallucinating in this market. Ooh. Who uses that term all the time <laughs> to cover up his tracks? Who? Who? Only one that I know of, Lee Fowler. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, hallucinating. Like me and Jicka, we were hallucinating when Jeep, when Jefferson Pilot was going to buy W. Snooze, we were hallucinating. Right? <laughs> and when Bev Smith was going to Orlando, I was hallucinating. I didn't have a lunch. And when that new lineup no. was coming in, I was hallucinating. Well, besides all that. And when Bill McQuig was going to be on Midday on IOD, well, we text. were hallucinating. Yeah. Tex. Yeah. The redneck boat op with those heavy topics. <laughs> we got to discuss brain surgery today. I, I forgot to check the radio highlights today to see who he has on today. I don't know. 
A brain surgeon. <laughs> guy who operated on Bill Casey. Right. And, and Bunky Byer. And Bunky Byer, right. Yeah. <laughs> and he mixed the brains up. You remember like in Frankenstein, he got the brains confused? No wonder we went into that whole Iran thing. It's all Bunky Byer's fault. Poor Bill Casey, man, and never get a chance to redeem himself. Boy, oh boy, what would happen to you if they opened up your head and put Bunky Byer's brain inside, man? You'd be off the deep end, too. You'd be selling weapons to the Soviets. Good point. Am I right? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Don't you think Lee's going deaf? Well, you know him pretty well. I don't know the man at all. I told you, if you came in here, you would dig a hole for yourself so deep that uh, even a vulture would never be able to fly out of it. I didn't have lunch with anybody Saturday, and that's the truth. Oh, was that the wrong day? Or Sunday. I minded my own business. We had a wonderful weekend. It was gloomy and rainy and dark and cool. We? I. What is that, like Pat Schroeder? If we are president... We're going to talk about this arms control thing. What is it with her? She is such an airhead, such a moron. Fits right in. And all those diesel dykes, man, are running around. Hey, yeah, oh, yeah, beat those men over the head, man. Beat them up. Did you see that thing? <laughs> yes, did you see I it? Did. On, man, that's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Obnoxious. I like their old leader better. Oh, here's somebody in North Miami who is very upset that you're on. Hello. Yes. Let him have it. Uh, Mr. Rogers? Yes, ma'am. I just got home a little while ago, and I tuned in when you were talking about Miami turning into a cesspool. Yes, ma'am. You're absolutely right. It's gotten so you're afraid to even go out during the daytime, let alone at night. Right. And I live alone in an apartment, and I'll tell you, I have window guards, I have a chain on my door, a deadbolt, and a regular lock. Now, is this any way to live? No. I swear to God, I get panic attacks just from everything that you hear that's going on. And with this new gun law, we're going to be like the OK Corral. They'll just have a shootout on Flagler or something. That's all I wanted to say. And uh, the other thing is that I like the way you say it the way it is. Thank you. OK. OK, we may have something to help that lady. It's late at night, you're fast asleep, and a shadowy figure is about to break into your home. But you're protected. Yes, it's the James Brown Home Security Alarm. The hardest working alarm in the safety business. Designed by the godfather of home protection himself. The James Brown Alarm protects you from burglars, vandals, peeping tars. And if you act now, we'll include at no extra cost the patented James Brown Hot Pants Fire Alarm. So put the Soul Patrol on your keyhole with the James Brown Home Security System. You'll say, I feel good. Okay, now we have a Cuisinart that we're going to be attaching to the FM transmitter. Well, they make some pretty interesting noises. No, I'm not, I'm not going to rag, because I've already been told, don't overdo it, and don't uh, rag on them, because there are a lot of very emotional people up there. But we like a lot of the people up there, right? Like Lee Gillette? Yeah. And Peter Bolger? Very much. And Jeff Gonzer? Is there anybody I left out? 
Scott Legier. I don't know him. Uh, I like him. He's a real, he does six to ten at night. Good. Is he guy. on? Yeah. Who else do we like? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't care. I mean, it's up to you. You're uh, Kyle running the show. Well, I think you're off again. Yeah. Yeah. If it was up to him, you'd never be on. Well, just maybe he he likes you to be on only when you're on the defensive. No, you can put him back on. He's on the defensive. It's true, I am. Yeah, you're in big trouble. Stuff. Yes, I know. Lunch with the enemy. Boy, that's, uh, that. that's a fate worse than death. We're going to probably have hearings <laughs> that will be carrying. In fact, I'll get another couple of weeks vacation now because we're going to be hearing the WINZ Contra hearings. Contragate. <laughs> Valorgate. Snoozegate. <laughs> so where did you eat at Shorty's? We didn't. I didn't. I wouldn't. You wouldn't? No. And you didn't. Well, he talks too loud. He, like I told you, it hurts my ears when I talk, when I talk to the man. So well, you, you and Laurie Sheffield will really make a great team over there. I'll tell you, it'll be great. You'll have a good time. <laughs> I'm not going over so there. So when are you leaving? I don't like it over there. I'm not, they don't want me over there. Jeff Charles is over there. I can't go oh, there. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, you could get some uh, Body by Solo Flex information. <laughs> The callers are, here comes another message now, Apoplectic. are mad because yeah. they've been waiting a long time and because you're sitting here making a mockery of this show. Well, you've got the highest rated show. Now, if they would bring me in the rest of the numbers, I'll okay? go out and I'll get If you would go those. out, I'd like the 25 to 54 is because right. obviously that's uh, where, you know, we our bread and butter is at. That'll get me and out of the way here. If you take a look here. at this log, you can see <laughs> that, uh, you know, we're on a big diet. That'll get me out of the way here. I'll get the numbers. You and know. I'd also like the day parts. All right. Okay. Wouldn't that be a reasonable request? I'd yes. like to be able to give the audience some information here. I'll be happy to Who go out. Who did what to whom and when? I'll be happy to go out and bother our manager. And I would also like to be able to see if there's any other show. I kind of doubt it because there's a certain morning banana mouth who was uh, talking the other day. I didn't hear it, but I understand about how he has more listeners than I have. That's right. Now, I kind of wonder. Now, what did Y100 do? I don't want to mention they were down. They were Sonny down. Fox's name on the air, but I have a feeling <laughs> that he didn't do no 9 in the morning, okay? Because overall, they did a 4-5. Right, they were down. Down from a 4-9. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think Sonny did a 9 in the morning? I want to compare his numbers with Bill Tanner's. Yeah, Tanner, I'm sure, must have beat him this time, do you think so? Because they were up, way up. They went they're up the, to a 5-4. They're the closest station to us, I think, in the market. Yeah. Powerless 96. I think you're right. I think they're number 3. Something Rogers like and Tanner. <laughs> what are you laughing about? The big guns in the markets. Did you hear what Rick and Suds did, or did you hear what Udell did? Uh, that's the kind of stuff that we strive for. We spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to try and make that happen. And, of course, you're not. But that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it goes in the big city, right? I'm gonna go. Dynamite. Please. I'm gonna go stand around the water cooler. Yeah, around the water cooler and see whose show they're talking about today. That's right. Okay. Well, do something useful and go give me the rest of the numbers because I was lucky they brought these in because they're not uh, too happy with me these days. I'm doing too well. Didn't I say that a few weeks ago on the air? When you start doing too well, you become a little independent, and then they can't boss you around and manipulate you and bring you in and browbeat you and uh, so on. Okay. Twenty-three minutes past noon at WINZ. I promise when we come back, we might take some calls. 25 past noon at WINZ, and we do have an open line in date at 624-9400. Let's go to Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Good afternoon, Neil. How you doing? How you doing? Listen, I'd just like to say I enjoy your show a lot. I haven't gone back to FM in about a couple months. Great. 
But listen, I got something you might be interested in. I was searching through my record collection the other day, and I found a uh, sound effects record. And on it, it has authentic vulture sound. I can't wait. They try to get these on a cassette. They have the first one is a one authentic vulture. Then they have a family of vultures, and after that, they have tweeting birds. Oh, fantastic, boy! That's perfect for us. The tweeting birds. Tweeting birds. They sound real good, so you might yeah. have some things to play with there. Listen. So to speak. So to speak. One other thing too, before I go, I just want to say, what's the matter with Kyle today? He sounds like he needs a double high colonic. Well, he's uh, a little irritated today. I think so. I think we should get get him something, some uh, preparation nature. He, he wasn't irritated until you just said that, but now he's a little irritated. <laughs> all right. Get some, through them out there, all right? Well, you got to understand, first of all, the corporate chief engineer is in the building, which gets him nervous to begin with. Mm -hmm. And we've had many misfits on the phone that I notice he's becoming apoplectic about. So <laughs> you, you have no concept of what he goes through up there. You just you can't even begin to imagine it. Does he have hair? Has he lost it yet? Is he like Glenn? He keeps gluing it in when he leaves every day. <laughs> okay, now I'll get those on cassette to you, and I should get them down to you in a couple of days. Thanks a lot. Appreciate okay, it. Okay, bye-bye. Okay. Okay, what, well, Kyle's typing another message in response to the last caller. It says, the misfits on the phones, it's the summer, and all the intelligent or semi-intelligent people are gone. Well, what does that say about us? Okay, 27... Well, if we were intelligent, we wouldn't be here in the first place. 27 past noon at W-I-N-Z. Write it down, as they say on the FM, on restroom walls and on Charmin from coast to coast. Okay, we have a couple of open lines. I don't, uh, you know, I don't know what the problem is. It is lunchtime in Dade County, 624-9400, and in Broward, 524-9400. Fort Lauderdale, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. How are you? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> Not too bad. I just wanted to call you and tell you that during the Iran-Contra hearings, I was listening to your show, or actually to the to the hearings, and then afterwards I got kind of hooked on listening to AM Talk Radio. Great. And it's been uh, years since I've listened to AM, but uh, I think uh, there's been some advancement in the uh, quality of the sound because my radio picks it up really well, and now I'm, I'm converted. I listen to AM all the time. Fantastic. And I just want to tell you that you're doing a super job, and I listened to uh, Stan in the afternoon, and he was talking yesterday about uh, you uh, keeping him from getting dates. And, uh, what? seems to me like he does a good job all by himself. Wait a minute. Now, this is interesting, because Stan is one of those who likes to trans... He likes to place blame on others for his own failings. <laughs> for example, how many times have you heard him say that I, Glenn or Neil gave him some stiff subject that didn't work out, and that's why he wasn't getting any response. You've heard oh, him say, yeah, he yeah. was complaining about it yesterday. Exactly, afternoon. exactly. And and now he's blaming me for him not getting dates. Yeah, he said uh, he was out with a young lady, or maybe not a young lady. I he was out with a lady, so about, to speak. Yeah, about eleven. And uh, he said that her parents told her that uh, she could not go out with him anymore <laughs> because they knew you and any friend of Neil. Rogers, she could not go out with. Okay, now isn't it interesting? I can take a little bit of the truth, and you can just you know mess it all up. He never he never went out with this young lady. This young lady isn't any more interested in him than she is in the frogs that croak in his pond. Okay, but <laughs> but Stan and I've known him for a long time, and he's a great guy. But he has this ability to create these fantasy. For example, if some attract if if you were walking in the mall. 
and for whatever reason, uh, you went into a shop, and a young lady in the shop said, hi, how you doing, or something. And then you walked out of there, and you thought, boy, she's in love with me, and I'm going to leave her my phone number, you know, based on nothing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And Stan has this amazing facility to do that, to take nothing, and in his own mind, to transpose it into this incredible romantic interlude that where nothing is going on. <laughs> I'm and I'm not exaggerating. It's true. So I guess it makes for a fantastic vicarious romance life. But that's about it. Well, he's misleading his listeners. Then uh, I hear all of us are out there uh, waiting with bated breath to hear about this guy's love life, and he starts talking about uh, how he's he's got this gal right where he wants her, and then you go and screw up his love life. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm responsible for all the other bad things that happen, so I'll I'll take the fall for it. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's good talking to you, and I really like your show. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye-bye. We have another message on the screen. A woman said that Ray Charles is asking for calls from people who want Manson freed. And I guess uh, he's trying to be a natural Quinella with Fowler, because Fowler is the one who did about 17 shows on that guy in California, and I can never think of that guy's name. Do you know his name? The one that cut the girl? No, he cut, uh, raped that 14-year-old girl and cut her arms off. And uh, finally got paroled from jail, and everybody, of course, nobody wants him in the neighborhood. And uh, Fowler did about seven shows defending the guy and uh, talking about how mean the public was because, you know, nobody wanted to give this guy a break. And uh, now, evidently, uh, Ray Charles is desperate enough. I mean, you talk about trying to be outrageous. Talk about being desperate. And it's so obvious, you know, to come on the air and say something so outrageous that you're going to get everybody crazy. And the most embarrassing part about that is to still not get a call. It's, it's, it would be like coming on the air and saying, I think all little children ought to be put in, in uh, garbage disposals. And you look at the phone and nothing is happening. And I'm sure a lot of you have seen that bit on TV, you know, where the guy is doing the talk show. And he just, everything. And then the phone finally rings and it's the wrong number. So if you want to talk to Ray Charles about Charlie Manson, the number and date is 379-8255 and in Broward, 389 8255. Come on, light up his phones, give him some action, because uh, we understand through upper-level management that the guy is a legitimate competitor. For what? I'm not sure, but a legitimate competitor. Let's go to uh, Coconut Grove. Hello. Congratulations on your numbers, Neil. Thank you. Uh, incidentally, <clears throat> have you heard the latest Delta story? Is there a new one? <laughs> yeah. I heard the one about uh, the plane with 144 people on board that landed and both wheels blew out. Is that the one? There was another one that... Uh, that, was, that was in Atlanta. Yeah. Well, this happened in Atlanta also. The plane was getting ready to take off, and um, there was a baggage handler who got locked in the baggage thing. And this lady kept hearing some, <laughs> something under her seat, and she heard out. <laughs> so just before they got ready to take off, they had you know, to let that guy out. Unbelievable. <laughs> And, and the, every day you see one of that same dumb-looking spokesman for Delta, and he says, we have no explanation, it's human error, and there's, you know, I'm telling you, they, I don't know what those people are on, but they must be doing some wild stuff at Delta. Uh, I don't know, Delta's about as bad as Easton now. I, I, it's, at this point, it's hard to tell which is worse. No, I, I, I've never had any major problem with Eastern. I know that a lot of people have, but I, mean, I guess I've been lucky. But my one experience with Delta was so bad that I wouldn't fly, I would walk before I would fly them again. Well, I've, I've never flown them, and I don't think that at this point I ever will. No, this would not be a good time to start, I guess. <laughs> okay. Okay, Bill. I'll see you in a baggage compartment. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, the crazy part about these stories is that they're true. You know, somebody wrote a satire about an airline, 
and uh, you know pilots were taking off with doors unlocked and they were landing at the wrong airport in the wrong city or on the wrong r- runway uh you know it would be funny but it ain't so funny when it's true as uh, William Conrad would say for FPNL okay we have an open line in Dade 6249400 and in Broward there's one line at 5249400 if you'd like to talk about whether or not Charles Manson should be freed from prison let's go to Fort Lauderdale hello Hi, Neil. Hi. Congratulations. Thank you. We'd be very happy in Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> all us dilettantes sitting around listening. <laughs> but I just want to congratulate myself for having the good taste for listening to you for at least eight years. Well, you see, you're not the only one. No, absolutely. I'm not the only one. Which, of course which not. Which vindicates you. The what? Which vindicates you. Oh, all right. I heard you got the uh, picture of the Pope yesterday that I sent to you. Yeah. Did you like that? It was great. The one with the bird and the uh, yeah, droppings? Making plop-plops. It was excellent. In fact, you know what those almost looked like? Those looked like those burger bundles that they got at Burger King now? The little ones, yeah. They didn't have any cheese on them, but they looked like those little burger bundles. I could do a whole show on, on Burger King and the burger bundles. You know, it's just amazing to me. Have you seen the size of those things? Uh, no, I've only seen them on television. Oh, man. I mean, they are so tiny that they're almost microscopic. I, I don't understand why they're doing that. I mean, well, they see, this is only or what? no. This, this is their answer to Royal Castle and Crystal and White Castle and all the people who like those little. You remember those little, sure. the, the good ones? Yeah. And this is their answer to them. And I'm telling you, they are so bad that it's unbelievable. I have a new scam for us because we we're uh, we're going to make some money on the Pope. If they're selling bags of dirt, there's a couple down the street that want to build a new swimming pool, and they have given me carte blanche to their backyard, dig up all the dirt I want, and so I figure we could go down there and sell bags of dirt when the Pope comes, and some dirt bags, too, that I'd like to get rid of around here, and uh, and make some money on it. Does that appeal to you? Sounds sensational. <laughs> the Pope's most <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, well, we think about it. Okay. And a no to Espanol. Okay. Buenos dias. Congratulations. Buenas tardes. Sí. Buenas tardes. Okay. A mobile man wanted to hear Fowler. Fowler's versus ours. What, the numbers? We don't have the hour by hour. They don't come in until, um, what, about probably Friday? Friday. So if you want hour by hour numbers, you'll have to wait till the entire rating book comes in. But from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., which um, is kind of a spillover, W. Snooze was in last place. Of the three news and talk stations, as they say, uh, I had a nine here at midday, 9.0, a nice and even number. WIOD had a 3.6, and WNWS had a 3.3, a distant last, pulling up the rear. Let's go to Cutler Ridge. Hello. Hello. Hi. Neil. How you doing? Uh, fine. I'm the first time caller here. Good. And I've been listening to you about a month. And didn't before you went on vacation, weren't you for the Cubans? What do you mean for the Cubans? What does that mean? Everybody to vote to make it speak uh, Spanish. What? In Cutler Ridge, where I live. You no, no to... wait a minute. Wait a minute. Everybody vote to make us speak Spanish? What are you talking about? Well, you were for... No, I'm not for everybody speaking Spanish. I'm for English, and I always have been. And I noticed, by the way, I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot on the uh, news earlier that the Metro Commission and their infinite stupidity is going to put this thing on the ballot again so we can be sure that we're going to have another big, divisive thing all over again. Isn't that great? 
because they're too spineless to tell George Valdez to stick it where the moon don't shine. We're going to have to go through another big, divisive campaign and another big, divisive election. Well, I, I've been in Miami 25 years, and I think it's it's a great city, you know. As compared, as compared to what, Ogis? No, compared to New York. No. I'm from New York. No, it's not a great city compared to New York. Yes, it I is. I mean, you're entitled to that opinion, they, but based on what? More down here. You find out more down here than you do in New York. Oh, yeah, from all the great newspapers here. You have so much information here. It's such a intellectual... Uh, you know, bastion here. I mean, what are you talking about? You find out more. What does that mean? They let everything out down here. They tell you what's going on down here. Like what? Like everything about the drugs. Oh, yeah, right. Everybody knows all about where the drugs... Sure, everything is great. It is great down here. Yeah. It's better down here than up north. Mm-hmm. The weather is better here I mean, than up north. Down the here. Let me say it again. The weather is better here than up north, period. No. Period. It's great living down here. Right. Because, because people, the weather is better. It shouldn't be down here. Mm -hmm. Click. There she goes. Cutler Ridge. I tell you, there are a lot of real Neanderthals down there in that Cutler Ridge Perrine area, boy. There's some nice people, you know, five or six. But uh, that's another one of those vast redneck wastelands of Dade County. 21 till 1 at WYNZ. We have two open lines. They're both in Dade. 624-9400. 624-9400. And uh, we be going to North Miami next. Hello. We should make that last caller listen to Ray Charles for three weeks straight. Yeah, we should tie her into a chair with the radio on as loud as it'll go. I mean, there is so much humor in that Ray Charles. I mean, you could cut out bits or just his laugh. Forget about the, the vultures. His laugh is unbelievable. I'm glad you mentioned that because the vulture gets a lot of uh, heat from the audience for his cackle. And I, the first time I heard Ray Charles and I heard that, <laughs> that hyena laugh. Well, well girls, it's incredible, that laugh. I couldn't believe it. I mean, and he did. He came on today with with a subject that just so talk about contrived. I mean, that subject today, I think Manson should be let free. Yeah. Well, you see, this is the guy's idea of being outrageous: is to come on the air and and to desperately start lashing out at everything and anything with with you know these obvious uh, uh, attempts to get the audience hysterical, and it's just not going to work because, like you see, you can see through it in five seconds. It's so ridiculous. I mean, who, who's responsible, Fowler, for this guy? Lee Fowler. Another winner from Lee. Yeah, well, Lee has got... One thing about Lee's track record, man, he may not be good, but he's consistent. Now, a guy like this, they brought him down from Minnesota, right? Now, do yeah. they have to give... Or do you think they gave this guy a contract? Are they obligated to this guy? I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, one thing that I, I've always... I, I really was down on, on uh, the vulture till the other day when I heard him do Lee Fowler screaming. His best act for sure. And I, yeah. And I thought of a conversation between you doing Craig Worthing and him doing Fowler, <laughs> admonishing him for, for, for something or other, and I would be, think that would be hysterical. Okay, we'll work on that. Okay, Neil. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so what do you think? Charles Manson, should we let him in or keep him, uh, keep him out? <laughs> and what about Cherry Coke or, uh, and what about Steak and Shake? I hear they're all closing up. You see, I really have no idea what this business is all about. In fact, that was my first question to our general manager this morning, is what the hell is this all about? You know, when you tell me, what is it all about? And after an hour, I realized that he didn't know any more than I do. 19 before 1, it wins. Let's go to Miami Lakes. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Is there any good or any good fallout from all of this drug trade in Miami? 
Is there any good from it? Yes. Or... Not not that I know of. Other, you know, if you're talking about individual good, people getting wealthy and buying cars and, uh, you know, buying big houses and having a lot of money, maybe individually there's good, but certainly for the community there's not. Well, there is one. What is that? We've developed the finest trauma unit at the medical center in the United States, thanks to all of the knife and gun societies going on. Isn't that great? Yeah. Good thinking, sir. What a genius. You what? 25 to 54. And uh, he's very slowly Xeroxing the day parts. By the way, did you hear the guy say that uh, Ray Charles' laugh vindicates you almost? In other words, the cackle is now uh, almost commonplace because Ray Charles' laugh is so embarrassing. Now, wait a minute. What is this? Oh, this is the weekend. Oh, boy, I panicked. Wait a minute. What are you giving me here now? What are you giving me? 25 to 54. Okay. 6 to 10 a.m., 6 a.m. to midnight. Why don't you give me, like, a 10 a.m. to 3 p.m.? Wouldn't that be nice? 25 to 54 and the day parts 12 plus. Oh, man, I'm going to tell you something. This man, on a scale of zero, like I said, uh, laugh or no laugh, he could just put you into a coma. Okay. I mean, he has brought me stuff here that is so useless as to make you want to just uh, do handstands in the middle of the atrium. Isn't that something? Overall, um, 25 to 54. Huh. Huh. Boy, W. Snooze has really uh, got that young audience, don't they? I mean, like almost invisible. But that's on the weekend. Well, he's got me even the pages... Oh, this is also the weekend. Weekend, weekend. We don't care about the weekend, you Neanderthal. All of these pages are the weekend. Oh, man, give us a break. Hallandale, hello. Hello, Neil. Hi. Hi, uh, I got a comment about that uh, Delta deal. Yeah. Yeah, um, about a couple months ago when I got out of school for the summer, um, I got a job working Marriott in-flight up in Lauderdale, and uh, you would not believe the stuff that goes on to the Delta planes and how unsafe they are. I mean, one day I opened uh, the door to load the plane, and the the, the uh, emergency chutes shot out. Uh, just the the food is disgusting, the unsanitary. Uh, I mean, Delta used to be the best airline around, and you know what's happened to them. You know what it ought to say? What you, you you've seen? I, mean, I know you've seen those ads where it says Delta is ready where you when you are. Yeah. And after the word ready, somebody ought to take like a little mark in there and uh, above it write the words to crash <laughs> when you are. No, but like, just like, um, I'll give you a word of advice. Like if when you fly on any of these airlines, like um, your coffee pots and stuff like that. Yeah. When the guys go out, if they're short, they just take the coffee pot that's come in from the wherever the plane just landed from. And uh, they'll just wash it in the dirty water and the dirty... Uh, garbage that's come off the plane and just wipe it and put it right back on the airplane Ooh! i mean if you're going to order a drink Great. anything with a lemon or lime or ice the guys they have uh dirty hands and grease all over from being on the truck they just go <laughs> ahead and make it up your meals are pretty safe especially if you order the um <clears throat> the uh what do you call it was uh special meals like kosher meal vegetarian meals yeah you know but other than that <laughs> you're oh, yeah. off just uh sitting in your seat until the plane lands I'm very selective about what I eat on a plane. In fact, when I was on vacation, I was on two breakfast flights, uh -huh. and they bring you, and I'm not an egg eater to begin with, but they bring you these eggs that look like, um, 
<laughs> something like, that's crawled out of a, a bad egg. Exactly, like death warmed over. Right. And uh, I eat generally like things out of little packages. Like sometimes there's, uh, I'm trying, like little cakes or something in packages. Right. And when, when they're sealed, they may be stale, but at least you feel they're fairly safe. They haven't been breathed on and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. There's... Anything that's sealed on there is, is all right. It's the, the prepared meals are pretty good because the girls prepare them in the kitchen, and you know they're fairly clean. You know what? I don't understand. Why does it have to be so hard? I mean, we're talking about what a couple of hundred people on a jet, maybe three hundred on the biggest. Why is it so hard to prepare meals? Even if they took regular TV dinners, they would be better than most of what they feed you. Oh yeah, exactly. The food is really awful. <laughs> I mean, the, the, one of their company benefits, their wages were so low. That's why I quit. The the wages were so low. What they do, they uh, their benefit, they feed you. Big deal. Who wants to eat airline food all day? Yeah, you can say that again. I know. Well, that's one of the ways they get even with you. <laughs> yeah, really. I just wanted to call and let you know about that. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. It's 14 to 1 at WINZ. We'll not do that. No, I, I, I think WIOD used to. Do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they've oh, got, they? of course, now lately since they changed. No, lately they would not be too crazy about doing it. Oh, well, listen, a four, four and a half shares in that shabby, is it? They really? don't have. They don't have a four. They've got a three six. And was that also when they had the last uh, the people on there? In other words, as far as Mike and uh, that Sandy? was that was when everybody was there, which is what makes it so ironic is that they went up with the people that they had there with Sandy and Mike and Bill. And now all of those people are gone. But so they that, haven't improved. I think the people, the on-air people they have on now are worse than what they had. That's my point. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So even though they went up a little bit to a 3.6, they can't brag about it and they can't sell it because none of those people are there anymore. No, really. Does management really, like when you got your numbers in today, does management sit down and look this stuff over and make important decisions as to who's going to remain on the air after looking at this stuff or not? Or do they just say, well... We're down for whatever reason or it's a fluke. See, every time a radio station gets a lousy book, what they do is they say, well, look, you know, Arbitron, they don't know what they're doing. The Nielsen's are off base. Oh, no, I don't agree with you. I think the bad part of it is in this business, in radio at least, is that most management reacts from book to book, which you really should never do. One, one book can be a fluke or one change can be a fluke. This business is not a one-book business. It's got to be over a sustained period of time. But unfortunately, a lot of management just waits for the book come out. Then they, you know, start wholesale firing people. And and we've seen it more than once in the last couple of years that management has, you know, reacted yeah. and done wild things. And, fire. and then the book comes out, and it turns out that the previous people were doing well. And that's exactly what happened at IOD. Their previous people were going up, and uh, they're all gone. Yeah, yeah. I happen to know, and you can take this to the bank, I happen to know that you, for whatever reason make other radio stations very nervous. Now, they never have something nice to say about you. They'll say that you've got this, you've got problems, you've got this and that. But you make them so very, very nervous. Yeah, you that's do. right. Of course I do, because I talk about them openly and honestly, and I tell it like it is, and they I'm can't very stand open it. about that. And most radio stations don't like to discuss the inside stuff going on. They exactly. figure it's an in-house right. type thing, and you just don't... Uh, blab about it on, on the air to uh, thousands of people. And that's one of the reasons why all the people in the business listen to this show. Well, they do. They do, and I think it's kind of ironic. And what they do is they'll listen to you, they'll trash you, they'll indicate, well, this guy, that, what have you, and, and then the book comes out, and you get whatever number that you said you had. What did you say? Eight and a half or what? Nine. Nine? Well, nine is pretty big, heavy-duty stuff. Let me tell you something. Nine in the daytime in the market of this size is, I don't... I don't know how many years it's been since anybody has had a nine 
in this market in the daytime. I don't. I, it's, it's almost impossible. Well, Tony Fox said twice at your radio station that he has more listenership than you do. Not anymore. Not anymore. That's why I'm anxious to see the um, day parts. If Tweety Bird ever gets his finger out of his ear or wherever he's got it hidden, I'm real anxious to see that because uh, if they did a 4-5 or, or something overall, there's no way that he did some humongous number in the morning. It's just very unlikely. Now, with all your numbers and with everything that's going well for you and whatnot, it seems like that you have less commercials than other radio stations. True. Am I correct? True. Why? Because, in other words, they don't think your sort of radio is marketable? I haven't, I haven't got any idea. I asked our management that question this morning, and unfortunately, the sales department here has gone through a series of upheavals, and the previous sales manager, when he left, before he left the station, did everything in his power to sabotage this radio station. Well, that's not right. Uh, no, it's not right. And it's and, not professional, uh, it's and not it's not the way to go. Exactly. So, um, you know, we got some good people back there, but they are practically starting from uh, scratch. Hey, then what good are big numbers if, in fact, it, it does not... Uh, Precisely, and that's exactly that's exactly what I asked this morning. So uh, we'll find out. almost like I was there. Yeah, almost. Maybe you've got one of those uh, bugs. <laughs> no, I don't have a bug. But that is, that's really one thing I don't understand. I mean, if the numbers are there and what have you, the idea is to transfer that into dollars. You bet. And uh, if you're not transferring it into dollars, then something is wrong. Something is rotten in Denmark. Right. But, see, I, I think the type of radio that you do, and I think people are getting a little bit more used to it, is not all that outrageous. People uh, are talking about this radio station. Uh, I'm out and about quite a bit. And the type of radio you do is not that off-base. I agree with you. It is not that crazy. I agree. And uh, I don't. I, I think. I think the type of radio you're doing is, is is the type of life that we all lead to a certain extent each each and every day of our lives. You got it. And uh, I, I think it's ironic. But at any rate, listen. I'm happy for you, and uh, I think it's great. One thing you can do is is get my friend Billy uh, back on the air. I'd sure love to. What's he doing? What's Bill doing? Yeah. He's uh, taking a paycheck every other week. Oh, that's right. He's hanging out till November, I guess. Right. Well, what the heck? He'll be okay. Don't worry about him. Okay. See you later. Yeah. Do we have another break to do? We do. Another break on this show. Okay, and when we come back, old, uh, look what happened to the phone when you just came in the door. Look at that. Four lights are empty now since you just came in. They can sense it. They can feel you coming. Okay, let's take this uh, break, and when we come back, he's got all of the uh, stuff that we don't want in his hand. Okay, I want to just say one thing. And again, I, you know, people look at it like I'm tooting my own horn. And to some extent, I guess I need to, because certainly nobody else in the market is going to come out. Hey, Neil had this nine share, you know. The cum of this show is 198,000 people, okay? The cum of some stations in this market is considerably less. I'm talking about the entire station, okay? That The cum is the total number of people that you're reaching. Unbelievable. Now, as far as Sunny Fox in the morning is concerned, Glenn has brought me all of these pages, some of which are right and some of which are wrong. But, uh, you know, when you're dealing with mental incompetence... What do you expect? Now, let's see. Why 100? Why 100? Oh, I see. He always talks about cum because they've got that gigantic cum of all these people listening like for five minutes in the morning, okay? So in cum, Banana Mouth is right. He's got 235,400. But average quarter hour, average quarter hour is pathetic, Sonny. 38,100. And average quarter hour on this show, wait a minute, is... 63,000. <clears throat> Almost double. And that's what they look at. That's what the agencies look at. The of course. Quarter hour. Of course. Forget like the, the listenership. Yep. 
And, you know, cue means, uh, all that means on an FM station like that is people punching up the button in the morning and listening for five minutes, Sonny. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much. And if you don't, uh, if you don't self-promote and destruct uh, during the next couple of hours, I'll do it for you from, from three to six. What do you mean the next couple of hours? Well, you were complaining uh, about, you know, you don't want to sound like you're, you know, being a pompous Yeah, but you're the only one who would do that. You're the only one who would do that. Do you think Lee Fowler is going to come on here tomorrow and say, do you believe Neil Rogers had a nine share in his day part and we ought to build a statue to him in the Smithsonian Institute of Broadcasting? And Gary Lawrence uh, and Mark Kuhn ought to be on their hands and knees kissing his feet right now? Of course not. They're preparing another nasty memo right now. If, uh... Like, anybody... don't, get, don't get too big of a head, and you will continue <laughs> working Saturday, and buzz off. If anybody wants to and know... And by the way, congratulations on a good book. <laughs> if anybody wants to know how incredible this number that Neil <clears throat> got is, tune in to my show after 3 o'clock. We have a guest, Oliver is going to be here from 2 to 3. But Who? at 3 o'clock, I'll tell them. Who? Alabrera. You mean there really is such a person? <laughs> there, yeah, we're going to find out. We all know. Incredible. So we're going to find out uh, about the, the wonderful things like the Sawgrass Expressway. I've only been here three and a half years. I've never seen him. You've never met Al? I've never seen well, he'll him. he'll be here at 2 o'clock? Well, I'm leaving early. <laughs> I have an appointment at Flagler for the fifth race. Seriously, I hear there's a hot dog in the fifth race. Anyway, congratulations. <laughs> Dynamite number. Incredible number. As a matter of fact, I would challenge in the top 15 markets... Yeah, I'll even stretch it further than that. The top twenty markets. Yeah, I'll challenge anybody to find a comparable number on an AM station during those hours in the entire country. Probably even GN in Chicago. Probably. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go out and call GN right now and find out what they got. Yeah. Make it a long call. We've got to, you know, build up that long distance bill. <laughs> now, what was Sonny's share in the morning? A five-five. A five-five, Sonny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All those little ten-year-olds who don't even know what station they're tuning in. Well, here we are. One more hour, and then Stan Major's going to be along with Alabrera at two. Boy, that ought to be really exciting. Are you responsible for that? (laughs) (laughs) Try it again. I just do what I'm told around here. Oh, in other words, uh, Stan told you to book Al Abrera on his show? Remember, I'm a... I mean, I'm sure Al is a wonderful guy. I've never met him. Have you? You've never met him? Never saw him. I've never seen him. We're going to find out if he really exists. (laughs) Don't you think that the least they could have done... I mean, I know I've said that, you know, the weight thing is a problem and I don't want to eat all of this food. But, you know, couldn't they have gone out to Publix and got one of those party platters and put it in in the uh, kitchen? Now, wait a minute. Here is there a message coming? Here's a message. Maybe they're going to do this. Gary and Mark are eating it. Oh, in other words, they did get one and they're eating it? Are you serious? Oh, no. Oh, that's probably true. They probably went out to lunch to celebrate, and we're just sitting in here with nothing. Wouldn't that have been a nice gesture? Mm -hmm. Instead of the stale cake with a douchebag on it, which is such a... We're you know, it's such a mung brain kind of a thing to do. You know, when are they going to get off of that? We don't even say douchebag on this show much anymore, right? Not much. Because we've gotten, finally gotten rid of most of the douchebags. We're here um, doing the work, 
Now, we can say anything we want about them because they're at Lunchola someplace. No, you, know? you can't. Oh. We are not supposed to be uh, giving it to management. Don't you understand that? I was told that yesterday in no uncertain terms that we have to cool it we. in terms of this uh, attack. <laughs> we. We. <laughs> we, as in O-U-I. Forget it, it says on the screen. <laughs> right. Forget it. <laughs> So as they say uh, at Winn-Dixie, we are SOL. <laughs> we have a couple open lines on the board. We have one open line in Broward, 524-9400. And in Dade, if you speak it in English, 624-9400. You did hear that they're going to put the uh, anti-bilingual thing on the ballot. You're kidding. So we're going to have to go through all of that all over again. Again? Again. How many times do we have to do this? The Metro Commission. Every year we Those have disgusting, to do this? subhuman, vulgar uh, cowards. Again. We're going to put it on the ballot. Well, that was on the first reading. They have to do it a second time. And maybe between now and then enough people can call them and raise hell about it. As Bob Lasseter would say. How depressing. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> South Miami, you say what? Uh, yeah, two things. First of all, I used to work in the Galleria Mall. It's always been dead. Absolutely dead. Yeah. There's no former life there. Right. What were all those people lying to us about last week? I have no idea. I worked there for seven months, and I've never been in a mall that you could hear your voice in from one end to the other. <laughs> exactly. It's like going into the Grand Canyon. Exactly. And secondly, last night, my parents flew on a Delta flight that went through kind of a tornado storm heading into O'Hare, and they heard engines shutting off, shutting on, shutting off, shutting on. When they finally got down and landed... The captain came on the loudspeaker and said, everybody on board, you should thank God right now we're alive because five more minutes and we wouldn't have made it. Oh, boy. Nice thing to tell the passengers. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's it. Just want to let you know that little bit of information. Terrific. Well, listen, words to live by, right? Right. Okay, see you later. All right, bye. 11 after 1 at WINZ. Don't forget, Delta is ready when you are, folks. We have three open lines in Dade. We have an epidemic of open lines in Dade County. Noisy engines? We'll turn them off for you. 624-9400. Well, it's probably true. You know, Ray Charles has some pretty heavy competition now, so after noon, we better, you know, not take anything for granted. Here's a caller in Boca who needs to talk to Glenn about where is his jacket. Boca? They hung up. Thank God. Yeah, so obviously that wasn't for real, because if it was somebody in Boca who wanted their jacket, they would have hung around. Oh, yeah. Just another false alarm. Well, I guess we don't have too many people who want to talk about this Chuck Manson thing, huh? <laughs> what? Should we let him out or keep him in? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Question for you. Question for you. Get in on the action. Is Donna Rice telling the truth? <laughs> How big was it? He hasn't taken a poll yet, then I know. We do have two open lines in Dade. If the, we've heard from quite a few Dade people today, so probably we've exhausted most of those who still speak it in English. But if you do speak English and you're somewhere in Dade County right now, we certainly invite your participation in this exercise in American democracy, 624-9400. Wait a minute. Look at all the mail stands getting these days. What do you think this boy, is from oh the Bahamas? Be my he's been He's fingering that. Dying to know what this is. Look at the shape of it. Shh. Would you stop fingering Stan's mail, please? Westchester, hello. I don't know that you rip off his mail. Now Westchester, hello. Yeah. Yes. I went to the Broward Mall last weekend, oh. and uh, I went to buy a tape recorder, and you wouldn't guess who I saw at the mall. Well, I, I have him on tape, so you want to hear it? I have a little...
portion of I had it. Luckily, I bought a tape machine, and here it is, all right? Listen. Go ahead. Who's there? Hey, I'm trying to get laid here. Oh, Stan was there. Huh? <laughs> Good. Okay. That's great. Okay. Well, I can uh, vouch for that. He was there. 113. <laughs> 113 at WINZ, <laughs> and we have an open line in each county in Dade, 624-9400, and in Broward, 524-9400, as we ask our poll question, what do you think about Chuck Manson? Would you like to have him to lunch with Lee and uh, Tweety Bird? We, the above, loathe and despise Neil Rogers. We have joined forces to oust this cretin from the local airwaves, and look at the names on the list. Jack McDermott, Edwin, Edwin Pope. Dick Capen, Jim Hampton, Bob Rich, John the Baptist, Lee Fowler, Bill Broucher, Raul Martinez, and Bunky Byer. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We left off the names on the other side of the page. Judy Wilson, Father Jean Just, Father Joseph McCarthy. Joseph McCarthy? I don't think so. Is that, that's his new name now, Archbishop Joseph McCarthy. George Valdez, Steve Clark, Sergio Pereira, Joe Carollo, Annie Ackerman, Rick Shaw, Sonny Fox, Gene Stevens, Sonny Rosenberg, John Lamello, John Broward, Terry Robbins, Barry Young, Michelle Gillen, Steve Kane, John McHugh, Richard... Richard what? Can't read it. Uh, Jed Bush, Rick Siderman, Barry Schreiber, Al Dowd, Merrill, Marley from the Beach. Oh, Marcy. Alvin, Steve from Miami Beach, and Mayor Bob Cox. Very, very good. Excellent. Good mail, Stan. Okay, where are we going next? To uh, Hollywood. Hello. Yeah, how you doing, Neil? Okay. This is Captain Cunny. Captain what? Cunny. Cunny? Lingus? Let me tell you, Neil. Cunny Lingus? Yes, sir. Are you, you know that nice share you got, does that mean you're the host with the most? Don't count on it, sir. I see that nine there. It gets me excited, you know? Yeah, well, you didn't see where the decimal point was. <laughs> Okay. Can I make a request, please? Yes. I'd love to hear, I really would, either Tammy Faye's greatest hits or Walk With You Know What. Oh, no. Now, Walk With You Know What, we're not allowed to play anymore. The management's starting to get real cowardly now, and uh, they've given us a little list of things which we're not supposed to play, including the Michael Jackson glove, which, by the way, we will continue to play come hell or high water. <laughs> but uh, Walk With You Know What has been removed. You mean, we, uh, along with the Gova May, too? That's probably because the people in the programming department can't get a You Know What, but that's another story. <laughs> along with what? Uh, you know, the Gova May uh, condom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, that was for another reason, though. That was a um, little problem with the rights on that one, okay, is the best way I can put it. Huh? You know, you know the condoms I like? The ones that are pink and have little bumps on them. Yeah, those are great. Aren't they fun? <laughs> those are really terrific, yeah. But I was thinking about I was listening to Especially you if you're all there. by yourself. Hello? Go ahead, I'm listening. Stan, you know, that guy Stan has a real attitude problem. No question about it. <laughs> we, we need to do something about him. Send him out. I got a place for him. And uh, you know where it is? Tahiti. Send him to Tahiti for about a week. And maybe we'll go out in the water there, and uh, one of them big fish will take care of them. <laughs> you know what they got? Those sucker fish out there? The, the what? I've seen some of those on Fort Lauderdale Beach. Hey, well, Stan, how's it going, babe? Okay, what's happening, man? <laughs> well, listen, I got your uh, piece here now, so just go back to the radio and calm down, would you please? <laughs> yeah, this is Captain Cunny here. I'm the king of Cunny, you know? Uh, okay. Okay, Jeez. put your tongue away and have a great day. Each day when I wake up, 
finally, the 10 record set you've been waiting for. Tammy Faye's unbelievable new album, Here's the Rock, I Crawled Out From Under. It's all here. The headache, the heartache, the pancake. Rock of ages is my face. My mascara won't erase. Tammy Faye's Here's the Rock that I Crawled Out From Under. Won't you buy my new album? If you don't, you're burning hell. You really will. Thank you. God bless you. <laughs> Okay, 117 at WINZ, and God, we have a mobile caller on South Beach. Hello. Hello. How are you, Neil? How you doing? You're going to describe all the exciting activities going on on South Beach, sir? Everything you've said exists out here. This is, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's fantastic. I listen to you all the time and happen to be over here, and this is the first opportunity to get on. But uh, I tell you, it's just like you said. I, want to read I, I enjoy your show, and uh, my relatives and friends are all listening to you now, and I'm 40, but they're 23, 24, 25 years old, so you have a lot of young folks listening. Living and breathing, huh? <laughs> right. Frightening. Okay, we appreciate it. Okay, have a good day. Have a good trip on the beach. All right, bye-bye. Okay. Pembroke Pines, hello. <laughs> hello? Hello? You want to talk to Neil? Sure. Hold on. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Waiting for Neil? Yes. Okay, hold on a minute. <laughs> Hello? Yes, good afternoon, Neil. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, pretty good. <laughs> I agree with you. I've been listening to a part of the morning um, while I was driving around, and uh, I figured I had to take a chance and get on with you, and I agree with you that most people are in their own little dream worlds, and uh, they're in their own little cocoon mines. Yeah, like in Pembroke Pines. Yeah, well... I'm probably one of the exceptions since I'm over there. Yeah. Well, I used to uh, live there. I agree with you. Well, that bilingual ordinance will probably go through now since there's only 37% white. So now the time's probably right to have a new election. We'll do it until we get it right, you know? Yeah. And uh, with 37% white down, I mean, what else could you vote but that? Uh, I've been trying to, <laughs> was running actively opposed to uh, fluoride over here where I distributed a thousand flyers, spoke at the county commission meetings. And actually, you know, politics as it would have it, yeah. uh, would go ahead and befuddle the minds of the ignorant. By the way, somebody sent me an article, um, I should have saved it, but I threw it out, about the new Bayside that they're going to build in uh, Pembroke Pines. Uh, Serious, seriously, Stan is laughing. This is serious. Uh-huh. I, mean, I haven't seen. It's true. And this is just what we need in Pembroke Pines is another shopping center. Yeah, we don't have enough of those. More shopping centers and more condos. Yeah, a few more strip shopping centers, another uh, bayside, and we'll be all set. Uh, exactly. You know, I've been trying to get uh, get some support. I got a few supporters, but not enough to make any difference. No, they're brain dead over there. Uh, exactly. You know, but uh, as far as uh, people standing up for their rights, as far as uh, uh, coming coming from New York City, I've seen. Neighborhoods go down the tubes where whites moved out, blacks moved in, as you said earlier. I've seen what happened to neighborhoods, and I can see that happening now over here, where it's predominantly white, and you get one or two here and there, 
now I feel that I'm going to start seeing for sale signs popping up in my neighborhood. Yeah. And the whites will move out, the blacks will move in. But the same people, the liberals, as you mentioned earlier, the ones that say, well, they keep the house in better shape than most whites I have in my neighborhood. Well, that may be true for that one particular person, person which may be the exception to the rule. But however, if there were such desirable neighbors, these people professing this would sell their house and move to Liberty City. And... I don't see a lot of that happening, to be honest with you. I don't see a lot of white, middle, and upper-class people waiting online to move into Liberty City, now that you mention it now. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, or into Overtown. Exactly, the people that... Or into Little Haiti. Hypocrits and... Uh, yeah. They're just, uh, well, saying they're not bigots and racists, they're... The hypocrites. They would they would like you and they would like for me to move in to Liberty City, but they're gonna you know, they're gonna be living in Pembroke Lakes. Well, I see a lot of people that are pushing this and so on and so forth and uh, the Jewish community stay in their own little segregated area. I don't see them uh, race mixing or professing interracial marriages. And like you said, I I seen uh, papers uh, distributed on the uh, college campus where I had one also on my window from a white student union. And it was also an article referenced that from, as you would put in, the art title bomb, uh, giving negative publicity on it, which I thought newspapers and coverage from whatever organization it be uh, were covered under the First Amendment, freedom of speech. Well, if you don't like it, don't read it. Okay, well, listen, I'm not really sure what you're saying, but have a wonderful day. <laughs> 22 minutes past 1 at WINZ. We have an open line in uh, Dade, 624-9400. Two open lines in Broward, 524-9400, which is incredible because the phones have been solid all day until, of course, Stan came in the building. Look at that. Frogs in love cause uproar in neighborhood. Is that in your neighborhood or is that in a different one? Uh, Coral Springs. Coral Springs. <laughs> well, there are probably a few of the. There goes yuppie, the neighborhood. Yuppie. A few frogs. of those Coral Springs frogs have moved into plantation, and Stan and his neighbors are running around screaming, "There goes the neighborhood!" <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, it's one twenty-three. Let's take a little break. We'll uh, hop right back. Take a trip to Europe without ever leaving the South Florida soil. Experience a unique culinary treat, the Jama International Restaurant in North Miami Beach. Here you'll find hearty Yugoslavian fare, as well as an eclectic international menu served with panache and an elegant atmosphere of starlit ceilings and colorful aquariums. Feast on the freshest, the most succulent lobster that you choose yourself from the lobster tank. Enjoy steamed salmon with a tangy mustard sauce or flavorful grilled salmon with a light creamy dill sauce. Absolutely delicious. Indulge in the exquisite rack of lamb marinated and grilled with Jama's own special sauce. Try the veal chop, tender and juicy, grilled to perfection and topped with a delicate mushroom sauce. The taste is European, the flavor absolutely out of this world. The Jama International Restaurant, an unforgettable experience. You tell them that Neil Rogers sent you by for great dining any evening to Jama at 3363 Northeast 163rd Street, east of Biscayne Boulevard, North Miami Beach. NCNB Personal Loans, Mr. Moore, may I help you? I finally got that new woman in my office complex to go out with me. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I'm taking her sailing next weekend. You know, small boat, spectacular sunset, bottle of wine. Well, it sounds great. Yeah, except... Except what? I don't have a boat. Oh. Oh. Well, we can help you with that. You see, our boat loans are designed. NCNB Personal Loans, Mr. Moore, may I help you? Oh, I just saw the best-looking thing I ever laid eyes on. Excuse me? At the bus stop. It stopped right in front of me. It? The cutest little sports car I've ever seen. Oh, I see. Can I get a car loan to 
today. Yes, ma'am. I'll take your application now, and you may even have the money by this afternoon. For fast answers on simple interest personal loans, call NCNB National Bank. NCNB Personal Loans. Mr. Moore, may I help you? Yes, Mr. Moore. We need a home improvement loan. <laughs> Hi, honey. A home improvement loan? Mm-hmm. We're going to need a nursery. A nursery? Oh, like for roses and gardenias. No, more like a baby's breath. Baby's breath? NCNB National Bank. Equal housing lender. Okay, 125 at WINZ. We still have two open lines in Broward. And, uh, boy, we've been really cooking until you know who came in the building. I'm leaving. Um, 524. Goodbye. <laughs> Five two four ninety four hundred, and uh, we have somebody in Miami who wants to speak to the vulture. Hello. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Glenn. Yes. Uh, last week you made mention that you were that you made mention of Lakeland. Did you used to live there, or? Uh... That's where I was born, sir. That's where I grew up. That's where he was hatched. How about that? Yeah, the wrestling capital of Florida. That's nah, not that. Not that bad. Lakeland's very nice. Have you ever been there? Oh, get out of here. It's yeah, not I very went to nice. School there. It's not you went very to school nice. there. What school? Florida Southern. Oh, sure. Florida Southern College. Yeah. Very nice and quiet and green. Oh, it's a horrible place. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you have fond memories of Lakeland, don't you? Yeah, it's very, very slow up there, that's for sure. Yeah. It's a lot different than Miami. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like to go up there for about three days. That's Y'all all I can come handle. back and have a good time now, you hear? People actually speak to you on the street. Oh, yeah. Redna, they speak to you all right. Like, what are you doing in our town now? <laughs> it was very interesting. He don't look like one of us. Let's go get him. Leroy? That's it was a very strange interesting. time. I, I uh, went up there to visit, and the service up there in the restaurants was so much different than down here. They actually spoke to you and uh, spoke English, matter of fact. Yeah, well, listen. Very nice up there. You want to move to Lakeland? Good luck to you, sir. <laughs> a real exciting town. Back, but uh, I just want to maybe... It's a nice place to drive through at about 70, but, uh, you know, that's about it. Well, it's, it's, it's all right. You wouldn't want to get out. It's a good place to go relax. You might want to go through the drive through at Burger King and get ten of those burger bundles. Now they have a steak and shake in Lakeland. Oh, yeah. I like, uh, I've always liked Lakeland a lot. <laughs> have you had any of those burger bundles, by the way? Oh, boy. You don't like them? They're like bird droppings. Well, you know, they're reminiscent of the old... Uh, no, they're not. Royal Castle. No, they're not. White Castle. No, they're not. They're supposed to be, but they're not. You think they're... Have you had any, sir? No, no, not at all. You know what we're talking about, don't you? Burger King has these little they have tiny these little burgers. burger bundles, they call them, which are little, they're about the size of a bird dropping, <laughs> little little cheeseburgers, and they're like in packs of three or six. Three or six packs. And if you're smart and you're really hungry, you'll get like about 20 of them because uh, <laughs> 20 of them comprise about an 18th of a Whopper or something. They're horrible. So, sir, we'd like you to try some and call us back and report on that. Okay? Oh, I, uh... We understand they're big in Lakeland, by the way. <laughs> I'm still alive. I'll, I'll uh, definitely call back. Okay. Pre- appreciate thanks it. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Do they have Crystal in Lakeland also? I love Crystal. In Tampa, they do. I know in Tampa, they do. I in don't... Orlando, they do. If I didn't know, I would have asked. Do they, they have might. them in Tampa? They might in it's Lakeland. It's amazing how you answer questions with non sequiturs. You ask <laughs> them, do they have them in Lakeland? In Tampa, they do. Well, Tampa's not Lakeland. I say probably, but I'm not 100% positive. Yeah. So. Well, we're going to get on it. We'll call Mike Miller and find out. <laughs> Miami Beach. Hello. Hello, wait, Neil. Wait. Yeah, hold on a minute. Hold on. We have a mobile phone caller uh, <laughs> who's in heat. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? Okay. Good. I just wanted to... Uh, wait a minute. Where are you calling from? I wanted to tell Stan that... Uh, where are you calling from? From Boca. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I wanted to tell Stan that the 
Tom, Dick, and Harry song was great yesterday. Well, that's the last time you'll hear that one, sir. <laughs> and I wanted to request Trust a me. song from you, The Pope Smokes Dope. Yeah, that one will get on. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay, now probably today I'll get a memo at 2 o'clock saying, I can't believe we can play The Pope Smokes Dope, but we can't play Walk With a You-Know-What. I see you have Die in Florida out there on the... Yeah, uh, are you going to play that? I haven't heard what that in a long time. Pope Smokes Dope? It's in there. I, didn't you play it earlier today? A little bit. Yeah. Where'd it go? Well... We put them in that rack, and they the vanish from the face of the okay, earth. Okay, well, while I'm looking for it, Miami Beach, I'm sorry I did that to you. Hello. Hey, okay, Neil, listen, I have a question to ask you about this bilingualism thing. Uh, in the event <laughs> our weak-kneed commissioners allow this to go for referendum in March, and all our assimilated Hispanics vote to repeal the current ordinance, which means that in Dade County, any foreign language will do, what will happen when this drive for Florida English is passed, and I'm sure it will be passed, in 1988 or later that year? Will that abrogate this uh, Dade County thing? Will this Adios. <laughs> okay, one one thirty at WINZ. Let's go to North Bay Village. Hello. Yeah, but it's not Donna Rice, Neil. Sorry. Listen, Neil. Yeah. A uh, couple of calls back, you had some guy, some El Schmucko. Uh, with the <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Some what? <laughs> El Schmucko. <laughs> <don't know> what, <laughs> what kind of language is that? <laughs> say, what do you mean? Those are. <laughs> What are the seven words? What did I say? Why don't you just call him a, call him a schmendrick? <laughs> okay. Neil. Okay. I want to tell you something. If you want to see deter deterioration, come over to North Bay Village and see what happened here to this little municipality. I've seen it. I've seen it. Lately? Yes. Well, I want to tell you something. It's grim. I think I'm going to move to South Beach. Yeah, well, I'd do anything to get away from my OD over there, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I want to tell you something, Neil. You can, t you can take Miami Beach. You know where I'm going? Guess where I'm going. Lakeland. <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> but that guy, well, what did he say? I could make head of I went and took two aspirin. I figured maybe there's something, maybe... Uh, uh, change your life or something. Look, it could have, any of the last ten callers, it could have been that, okay? So don't worry about I it. I want to tell you one. something, Neil. It's getting, <laughs> it can't get better. It can't get worse. It's got to get better. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to uh, talk about this anymore tomorrow because it's too depressing. This, this is not a depressing call, though. I said, no, I, Marco, you know who I meant. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk about our programming department that way, will you, please? <laughs> Are you still there? Are you, uh... <laughs> no, she's gone. She's gone. <sighs> Great. <laughs> she's, she's off to El Smuckos. <laughs> Pembroke Lakes, can you please bring us back to reality? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to attempt to do, Neil. Please. Uh, I'm really concerned with your um, Michael Jackson jokes. Here the man is working extremely hard trying to buy the elephant man's skeleton, and I think he's got enough on his mind without his white glove being uh, the object of uh, everybody's uh, ridicule. I mean, I would really hope that his, his uh, 
one goal to get the skeleton doesn't doesn't depress him, let alone all this other talk. I don't see it. Hello? Mm -hmm. I'm here. I'm looking for something. He's setting you up anyway. <laughs> yes. Neil, and I've enjoyed your show. It's excellent. And uh, But I do want to say Pembroke Lakes is a great place to live in. It's mm. Uh, mm. beautiful. We've got plenty of shopping. Every day there's more and more shopping available. There is and, a tape uh, missing from this rack, sir. Oh. Hello? I'm still here, but there's a tape missing from my rack. Oh, well, no, I didn't take it, honestly. Um, you have to look all over. That's not it. Well, hello? I'm still here, sir. Oh, okay. There is a tape, I'm going to say it for the third time, missing from the rack. Which one do you think it is? Um, I have no idea. I gave that to you. I hope it's not um, uh, the one about Michael Jackson. But I really do hope that he does get to get get the elephant man's skeleton. I, you know, that's that to me is one of uh, life's greatest uh, pleasures. Neil, what do you think of you, you think you really don't like Pembroke Lakes? I love Pembroke Lakes. It's a beautiful place, isn't it? It is, yeah. But what they need there is probably like uh, you know Bayside. But my only question, we don't have enough shopping here. Yeah, what you need are more strip shopping centers. I, I just want to know, do, do you know where how to get to the beach from Pembroke Lakes? You can't get there. You have. Side. I don't think people realize they're in Florida. Alabrero Al will be on Stan Show at two. He'll be glad to explain it to you. You have to get on a plane with Al. Well, we have a major crisis here at Winds, and it's a good thing for management that it's uh, 1.34 and not uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, because there seems to be a tape missing from carousel number one. Now, it is possible, not very likely, but it is possible that it could be in carousel number two, right? So instead of both of you acting like uh, dummies over there, why doesn't one of you look in carousel number two? And I'm looking in the window at the reflections of both of you, perusing desperately, and uh, I have a feeling it's not there, right? Because there were two copies of it. Could be a major problem, a serious problem developing in the next 25 minutes. In fact, there could be 25 minutes of dead air. I don't care. <laughs> Means nothing. Means absolutely nothing. He found it. He found it. Now, how is it? Isn't it interesting that all three of us kept looking and looking and looking Where'd and we couldn't find, find it? it? Unbelievable. Comedy. Oh. Well, oh, no that wonder we couldn't it. find it. <laughs> no wonder. Okay. Now, of course, those of you in the audience, we want you to take note that you are not hearing this because we are not permitted to play this on the air. Hello, this is Michael Jackson, urging you to help stop the spread of social disease. Don't risk your life by having a romantic encounter with an unfamiliar acquaintance. I urge you to do like I do. Go it alone, but make sure you wear protection. That's why I recommend the Michael Jackson glove. Worn on either hand, the Michael Jackson glove adds the security and peace of mind that I need to do it myself. So remember, before you pull it out, put it on and... The Michael Jackson Glove, proving once again that a bird in the hand is better than one in the bush. Available in sequin models for extra stimulation. God gave him the grass, the bugs, the stuff, 
He likes his smoking mass. The Pope smokes dope. He's a groovy head. The Pope smokes dope. The Pope smokes dope. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Got him high on masculine, facing high on fact. Pope's in Rome, gets stoned on grass. Jesus freaks out back. Jesus Christ, a super hippie, never shut up, chunk. The Pope smokes dope. Gotta give him the grass. The Pope smokes dope. He likes his smoking ass. The Pope smokes dope. He's a groovy head. The Pope smokes dope. The Pope smokes dope. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now Jackson Joe went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Still forgot to take a pill. Taking pills is not a joke for a groovy pope. Birth control can be a joke of marijuana smoke. The pope smokes dope. Guy gave him the grass. The pope smokes dope. He likes his fucking ass. The pope smokes dope. He's a groovy head. The pope smokes dope. The pope smokes dope. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, 138 at WYNZ. Let's take some sound. I, I, no, I'm not. Okay. I think your show is disgusting, and it doesn't stand for anything decent. Then so why are you listening to it, you misfit? Because I'm switching over to Steve Kane, at least. Okay, good, okay. Good for you, pal. You're exactly the kind of listener he needs. A misfit. You believe that? I mean, it's only uh, 1.40 in the afternoon, and the guy was on so much Grandma Boone, or Boone in the Box. Let's go to Miami. Hello? Hello? Yes. Oh, I was just calling concerned <clears throat> about, the, about the fourth guy that called before me. I was talking about the nigger. About what? About the nigger. No, he didn't say nigger. Nobody said nigger on this show until you did. Talking about race, race and abuse. He didn't say nigger, ma'am. Okay. He was talking about between black and the white. Yeah, he didn't say nigger. Sit in all of that. Why did you use that word? Because I thought, uh, if I misunderstood him, I thought he said he had a sign of, on his car saying something about the nigger. I, I didn't hear exactly what was it. I just had to turn my radio. Well, I tell I you, you must, if I, you must be listening to a different show than I am. No, I'm not listening to a different show. Anyhow, getting to the point that, um, mm -hmm. well... God made us all. To me, God made us oh, all. Oh, yeah, right. Black, blue, or green. 
Yeah. And when this world comes to an end, it's not going to be a place for the white and a place, place for a black and bla- a place for a green or whatever. Yeah. Everybody's going to be there together. Yeah. Regardless where you want to be there or not, everybody's going to be there. We all going to be there. That's right. It's we all be here now, and when we die, we all be there. And get along here on earth. Yeah. How in the world they expect to get along up in heaven? Right. Huh? Terrific. Very good. Excellent uh, rationale of the whole problem. We solved it almost uh, immediately, folks. No more racial tension, no more problems in South Florida. Thanks to a very astute caller. Miami, hello. 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 Let me try one more time. Yes. Yes, congratulations. Thank you, although at this point, with these calls, what does it mean? Yeah, I know. Well, the, the, the last fellow that's going to go over and listen to Steve, I think uh, before long, uh, IOD is going to have to ask for a rebate on there. Yeah, no question about it. There. <laughs> I mean, this guy's getting ridiculous. just repeating the same formats he had. With- All the same old tired garbage, and we don't uh, we don't talk about him. Really? Listen, uh, I want to ask you, did you happen to hear uh, the resolutions that they, they put before the uh, U.N. on the uh, Iran war? No. That they want to a ceasefire, and George Schultz has introduced a second resolution, uh, if that one fails, which is to uh, ask all countries to put an embargo on arms to Iran. Terrific. That's the original idea. Yeah. We want to put an embargo on here. We're, uh, well, exactly. That's, that's because we want to make sure that uh, General Secord can sell them all himself and Mr. Hakim. We want to make sure they get all the profit. Exactly. Just American uh, capitalism, that's all. I just don't believe the things that they, they, they got the gall to come on and ask other countries to do these things, and then well, we're putting us all over the. Weren't we doing that before? Were we weren't we chastising all the other countries and admonishing them not to sell any arms to Iran, and we were doing the same thing? And now we got the gall to come back and ask for it again. Of course, <laughs> it, it's really incredible. No, I, I do want to congratulate you. I listen to you all the time, Neil. And I've got a lot of people turned on to you. I mean, your show, so so to speak. Okay. Okay, thanks a lot. Take care. 143 at WYNZ. Hello. Hello. Goodbye. Miami. Hello. Yes, sir. Hello, Neil. How you doing today? Okay. How you doing? How you doing there? Okay. First of all, I'd like to say hello to my boss who's in the next room listening to your show. Just for the heck of it. Okay. Secondly. Is that all you want to tell him? No, he recognized my voice. Isn't there something else you'd like to say to him? Uh, he could get busy, but, you know, that's beside the point. That you might not want to say to his face, but that <laughs> might sound good over uh, the air. There's nothing, I, there's nothing I wouldn't say to his face, okay. but I wouldn't say behind his back. Okay, in other words, uh, you, need, you need the job is what you're saying, right? <clears throat> well, yeah, it's nice, to, you know, the pay's nice. It's good to have uh, money coming in and, yeah. and all that stuff. Even if he is a little bit of a schmendrick. Uh He's, he gets excited. Okay. Excited. But, you know, bosses are like that, right? Well, of course. <laughs> Not our bosses here. They're always in a coma. They never get excited. No kidding. Yeah. Ah, well, I, maybe mine should be in a coma every now and again. That way he could relax. Okay. I want to wrap on Miami City Commission. Okay. Why do these people approve zoning changes and strip center in Kendall when we're asshole to elbows with cars down there now? Why do they do things like that? Do you want to stop and think about what you just said, asshole to elbow? Have you stopped and really thought about that? Can you visualize that in your own mind? I spent five years in the Marine Corps. What is this guy, contortionist? Listen, if you're from the service, you know what asshole elbow means. Okay. You can't move. Are you calling for this show or for Stan's show? (laughs) 
Because I noticed the last few days now we start getting these misfits. Uh, I'm not saying you're a misfit. Oh, well, I'm close, I think. I think you're borderline. But we're starting to get a lot of uh, stands callers from like about 1, one o'clock, one fifteen. They start rolling or trolling in. And it really uh, has a dramatic change in the thrust of the show. Is that right? Yeah. Maybe I should... You know, hang up and call later. No, no, this is fine. You can call later on Stan Show and just repeat the whole call. <laughs> I was just interested, uh, in your opinion, about the Miami City Commission and why they keep approving. Forget about them, will you please? Forget about politics in this town. Forget down there. And I have forget to... about them. I know, but you see, if you forget about them, then they walk on you. Well, that's okay. No. Just lay down on the ground and let them walk on you. Yeah, right. I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, that happens enough in real life. You can't let these commissions... Why do they keep approving stuff like that? They keep approving strip centers, and Kendall keeps getting... First of all, can I say something to you in all honesty? The Miami City Commission has nothing to do with Kendall. Kendall is part of Unincorporated Day. That's the Metro Commission. Metro Commission. Okay. Yeah, okay. Here. So if you're going to step on somebody, step on the right people, okay? On the right people. I mean, the Miami City Commission doesn't speak it English, so leave them alone. Oh. Yeah. Well... I'm here to stay, so Me too. All, the, uh, all the Latins that are here can either learn English or go home. Okay, buenos dias. Adios. Point seven to a 4-3 from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., 18 to 34. Of course, that's uh, we have all these young, living, and breathing people on, which is why we have a lot of funeral parlors on the air, of course. A lot of nursing homes. There are there any nursing homes out there that want to advertise? We'll be delighted to put you on the air because that's our audience. We have all those a four three and eighteen to thirty four. How do you like that? No, they're not teenagers, okay? No, twelve to seventeen is teenagers in in Arbitron lingo, okay? When are you going to come into the real world, huh? When are you going to break out of this lethargic mindset that you got into at Gloves 94 for all those years? When are you going to come back and be with us, those of members of the living? When? When's it going to happen? Or is it too late? He's sitting here making guttural sound. Teenagers. Uh, like this, you know. Unbelievable. We ask him for, uh, you know, certain numbers in a book. He goes, it gets me weekends. I don't care about the weekend because after this Saturday, I'm not working weekends anymore anyway, whether they like it or not. Don't you think it's about time that some of us stood up for our rights? Slave labor is illegal in the United States. Does Wally Phillips work on the weekend? No. Does Howard Stern work on the weekend? No. Does Irene Richard work on the weekend? No. Does Sonny Fox work on the weekend? No. Does Bill Tanner work on the weekend? No. Does Mike Miller work? No. Again, same answer, no. Caller on a mobile yeah, phone. Yeah, this is LaBelle. How you doing, LaBelle? Oh, fair to Midland. How about you? Is this Patty LaBelle? <laughs> no, just LaBelle, Florida. Okay. <laughs> uh, How you all doing in LaBelle? Well, we're surviving. You doing well in LaBelle? Well, in the bell. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm one of these. Uh, That's well. Poor folks that couldn't manage to stay in Dade County. I lived there from '45 to '82. And well, I don't got blame you. And I had to get yeah. out. You got out just at the right time. Right. But I want to make a comment about this Dallas thing that nobody's even mentioned. I don't really want to put any blame on anybody. Okay. But 
you know that Delta is a non-union airline, has never had a union, and there is an awful lot of people that have been trying over the years to get them to go union. Yeah. You think there's a little sabotage here? Uh, I wouldn't say that, but it's just something to think about. In other words, you think that they're purposely blowing out the tires? You think the uh, pilots are kamikazes? Well, you never know. I mean, there's not, there hasn't been no real accidents. There's just been a lot of close ones. Yeah, that's true. Well, show us something to think about. We'll uh, check it out for you. It's uh, eight minutes before two at WYZ. Boy, am I glad this day is coming to an end. I knew that. Didn't I say at the beginning of the show? Did I not say it to you? It was going to be a real... Dr I mean, it's almost four hours now, and I feel like I've been here... It's like a marathon. I feel like I've been on the air for 20 hours, at least, maybe longer. Okay, we do have one more break to take, right? I pray, and we'll come right back. Let me ask... Okay, we got all of this out. This should be the Bob Lasseter Memorial Show today because it was all very depressing and we got it out of the way. And we also, in this last hour, got a lot of Stan's misfits calling in early. Now, why don't you explain to you? How can why don't you explain? How can you be depressed with a nine? For why don't you explain to your listeners that your show starts at two and no, that at that time your, your callers doesn't end until four? Your callers can begin calling in no. at two o'clock no. because lately, the last few days, have been starting to call in early. That's great. And uh, they're incoherent. Because your callers always call me until 6 anyway. They're incoherent. Well, well after again, yesterday, uh, congratulations. After yesterday and all those right-wing <laughs> right leanings coming back to the surface again, it's very obvious. Well, I have you to need fix intensive myself. therapy. You know, once in a while, I have the to... Gordon Liddy syndrome strikes recharge again. Recharge my battery. Sounded just like, in fact, he was even quoting from Pat Buchanan, <laughs> one of America's foremost You told me you didn't hear yesterday's show. I heard bits and pieces. You said you didn't And as didn't a matter listen. of fact, the reason I didn't hear most of it is because of what I did hear, all that uh, fascist crap. Oh, I see. Well, the good part started at four. Did it really? When we had the live-ins, the singles call. Well, that's, Kyle agrees with me. It must have started at 4 because uh, he was gone then and I was gone uh, by then from the radio. Well, and I told nothing, you that. Nothing that we year old uh, blue-haired lady called in and wanted ta ta Taffy back or whatever her name is. Yeah. You know, and well, wanted to discuss Taffy's all that heavy stuff. Uh, I heavy did hear stuff. that call. I was Taffy's audience. So yeah. I made her happy. I programmed my I stopped whatever I had planned and I yeah. programmed my whole program. And blew away the audience. Exactly. Blew away them all. Okay. Well, when the summer book comes out, you'll be able to use that. That'll be a good excuse. That's that's what I'm going to say. Okay. That and the lousy topics you leave me. By the way, i got a great subject about Manson, uh, which I'll pass along to you. But Al Abrera is going to be in here first, boy. Well, that's I don't see him really yet. Good. Is he not in the building? I don't know. Well, he probably landed at the wrong airport. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, he's he probably landed at Homestead Air Force Base. Maybe he's bucking to work for Delta. Exactly. <laughs> Good idea, Al. Are you going to be here at 3 o'clock? I'll be around. I'd like for you I'll to be drop around. back They're going to bring a little food in. Nothing too fattening, but I've eaten nothing all day. Okay. Zero. But I for really all those that. people who don't... Don't you think when you get a nine share, they ought to bring something in? Like maybe from the unicorn, something healthful? At 3.05, I will tell people what okay. this management should do with your nine share. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell them what to do with it right now. been listening to the neil rogers show the views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host guests and callers and are not necessarily